guys it's me alex so uh i was thinking that you know i don't know a year and a half ago when michael was on the show we had to skip a week and we did a best of which was a really good best of you can listen to it but i was like ah, you know technically i didn't do 300 episodes and i made such a fucking big deal out of it on that 300th episode that i did 300 and i kind of feel a little bit guilty so i plugged everything back in and now it, all right so this is you know episode 300 whatever addendum and you know now we're back so uh and uh eric's here hi eric hi uh, I should probably give uh, Arneson. Yes. I, I freaked for a moment forgetting if I pronounced the E or not, because I'm like, Arneson? Arneson. Okay, Arneson. Oh, I thought you meant the E and Eric. No, that'd be yes, weird. you absolutely pronounce all of the E's in my name. Yeah. I'm not a I'm not a silent E kind of guy. That's good, because that would be weird. The, the, not the problem, but the reason for that is the vast majority of my relationships with people is in looking at screens. And, and you I'm never like, have to say anybody's name. Exactly. Like, it's I know delightful. exactly. It was weird because I was not expecting to kind of feel like I was blanking with your name because, like, I feel like I know you pretty well because I see you on my computer screen constantly. And You've said my name uh, on the internet, like, five times. Probably. Yeah. And then it's like, it shows up right there. And it's like, if in Facebook Messenger, I could pick you out, like, immediately. But there's a moment of, <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you have a silent X. I do, but to be fair, that's bullshit. So okay, well, yeah, that's that's an invented thing that's not real, but it's now stuck. Well, I'm excited to be here for your. Uh, I don't know what you're calling it—the reparatory episode, the episode that fixes your numbering scheme, the episode that sort of rounds out the uh, Alex Cast experience. The... Yeah, thank you. I but here's what you bring up here: is I bet there's a really cool word for that, where there's a thing that needs to be reinserted into an existing thing to fix its numbering or to fix its something. I bet there's like a bookbinding word for that or something. Oh, I was just gonna say it sounds like super glue. What, you could call it the capstone. Yeah, it could be the capstone. Or the... But that the... but that, that puts a lot of pressure on us. Oh, man, but, you know, we, we, could, we could do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could step up and, like, I don't I don't know if I really want to... <laughs> yeah, start up like, oh, yes, before we even record the episode, this is the capstone of um, nine years of this show. <laughs> I feel like, you know, so I listened to episode 300 today to... to or, you know, fake 300 to yeah. kind of get ready... For this to numerical 300 numerical 300 <laughs> but not like actual 300 um and i feel like as you went through that episode uh Al- the alex cast got older and older at the beginning of the episode you had started in 2010 and by the end of the episode you had started in 2008 oh did i say that yeah here's here's my problem is i don't know how long the show has been going on i'm reasonably certain it started in 2010 can't you find that out on your website i can't because i didn't have that website it was hosted there used to be a service it might still exist called podomatic <laughs> and uh i think that is doing something do- something else now uh, yeah I, I yeah it's probably those kids eating those uh, tide pods <laughs> but uh yeah i was hosted on there and i the, the show got too big to be on there anymore because it ended up costing me like a like a lot of money so uh-huh. it's like 
I left and got my own website, et cetera, hosting, blah, blah, blah. But um, I had gone back and re-edited those to inform people to update their RSS, et cetera, which changed the date of everything to the date I got my website, which was well a while after the show had started. So I don't have any way to track down unless I could find an original file, which I know I don't have of episode one and look at the, like, you know, the right click properties and see if it's got a created on in there. I but, think maybe why don't you um, just say that uh, Alex cast has been recorded from time immemorial. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's true. I don't remember it. Yeah. So technically it's true. <laughs> yeah. If I did say 2008 in there, that is very much, uh, I meant to say 2010 in that it's eight years old. Cause I think that's my agreed upon date. That sounds reasonable i mean i wasn't listening to podcasts that long ago well that's the reason i doubt myself is because no one was there weren't that many podcasts back there did you have any did you have an audience i feel like we talked about this before didn't you get a stalker off of your podcast i did okay yeah but we don't need to talk about stalkers again because we talked about stalkers in one of my previous that's right yeah yeah you had a stalker and we we asked her politely to show herself and um never happened yeah well so it goes yeah Maybe this time. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my stalker uh, never showed back up either. So that's uh, I was I was reminded somewhat recently of his birthday via Facebook, uh, or one or some social media thing. Yeah. You have your stalker on Facebook. Yeah, I don't think it's Facebook. I think it was some other Eldrick service that's long gone. I think I got like an email on uh, on an email service I don't use anymore reminding me of something. I know that yeah. uh, for a little while, like Amazon was really pushing like, you know, add your, f- add your family and friends as your Amazon buddies and we'll remind you about their birthdays. And I never paid very much attention to it, but I think I added like one, I think I added like my dad and maybe like one friend and I still get an email from Amazon every year. Like, oh, your dad's birthday's in a week. Yeah. I'm like, thanks, Amazon. I know that. It was something along those lines. It, it may have even been Amazon because it, mm-hmm. it was an odd place. And um, I, I, I have a vague memory of the only reason we were connected is I think he sent something to the PayPal. I don't remember. Who gives a shit? Anyway, <laughs> long story <laughs> short, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm dumb and accept money from stalkers. Oh, you know, I mean, if it's money. Yeah, because he definitely donated to the show because I, I, I wouldn't be dealing with that unless... No, I wouldn't huh. deal with that. It's, frankly, it's fine. Yeah, you should probably get more donations. Yeah. Is there, a, is there an easy link on your website for people to donate? I haven't looked at this website. I don't even know if the AlexCast.com is still up. Oh, no, it is because you downloaded an episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked at it today. Yeah, no, I don't. I, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I don't need. I don't need donations. It's like I the only the only time I took donations. I mean, I used to uh, do it because I was really really broke, mm-hmm. and I was recording on basically uh, like 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 a, a bucket with with some copper coil in the bottom, uh-huh. and somehow that copper coil recorded the show, and then I <laughs> threw it at like like a like a like a Cat Five cable, and somehow it showed up on the internet. That's how I used to record because. Every bit of equipment I had was like sixth hand and barely worked. So I was trying to like scrounge up because like I need to. This is not going to last very long. But now, now I have like now I have functioning equipment. I'm good. <laughs> I just it, I mean it sounds good. It sounds I I feel like uh, you know I mean I've been doing my podcast for I think like two years now, and I definitely don't care about audio quality as much as you do. But I care about it like you know because I do a lot of recording out in the field or recording in like live situations. So a lot of times we're like, man, there's a lot of background noise. Nobody can hear us talking. So, I mean, that's the sort of thing I yeah. care about. But I'm not going to worry about – I usually don't worry about, like, echoes and weird noises and that kind of stuff. I just leave it in there. Well, I think the difference between our two shows is is I'm terrible at this. So I need it to sound great. 
I feel like you're better than I am at this. You've been podcasting forever. I mean, doing stuff for a long time doesn't mean you got good at it. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I think about the fact that I've probably played tennis since I was a little kid. I mean, I haven't touched a tennis racket in years, but... <laughs> I've thought about that. Tennis and basketball, like the things that I... I mean, this is a little different from what you were saying, but like the things that I played a few times in middle school. Uh-huh. I mean, a few times. Like, I've probably shot less than 100 baskets in my life. And I've probably played less than 10 games of tennis. And I would find it... I mean... Fun's the wrong word, but I would find it curious to just, with no warm-up, just go, Bip, get a place in basketball. Like, don't know the rules, don't really know what I'm doing, will hurt myself. Or tennis, where it's like, I know I hit the thing over the net and something to do with those lines. All right, let's go. <laughs> There's a basketball court at my apartment complex. You should come down and uh, we'll, we'll oh, shoot yeah. some hoops. Yeah. I don't have a basketball, but... Yeah, you know, I don't either. And I don't really want to... work around that. Yeah, it sounds effortful. We could, you know, look at the basketball court and say something like, yep, that's a basketball court. That must be the three-point line. Yeah. That must be where you do free throws. Yeah. And I'll go, but I don't really... Well, three-point line is pretty self-explanatory. No, I know what a th- free throw is as well. Apparently, I'm a basketball scholar. I didn't know this. Yeah, yeah. Free throws are like when you uh, are fouled upon. Yes. You know? And you stand there and you miss a lot. Yeah. yeah. And I listen to... Oh, you know what? I, I found a interesting podcast recently. Ooh. Uh, I, and it's called... Oh, shit. I can't remember what it's called. But it's Malcolm Gladwell's, like, Forgotten oh, History yeah, yeah. or Forbidden History or whatever he calls it. Like, it's history that people don't pay attention to. and It's the Malcolm Gladwell podcast, yeah. I mean, that's not the name, the only... but I mean, that's okay. – if you if anybody out there is interested, search for words along those lines. Yeah, I, I always see him at the on the uh, This is the Best Shit Ever section on iTunes and whatnot. Yeah. It's funny. He's got one of those names where you hear his name and you're like, oh, man, that dude sounds like he's famous. He and, does. He's got a very good famous name. And you know name. what? He probably is famous. I mean, aside for things aside from his podcast, I don't really know. Is he a famous? Yeah, Malcolm. Dude? Yeah, he he did the um. He's the guy that came up with the ten thousand hours makes you good at shit thing. At least that's what I know it for. No, oh. he wrote a famous book called. Um, I'm gonna look for it right now. Sorry for okay. hearing that click. Let's hear those clicks. Click, click, click. It's called like ten thousand hours, I think. Um, oh. oh, Outliers. That's his famous book. Oh. Okay. Um, where blah blah blah. I, I weirdly not. I think I read it. Um. Is there anything else? Yeah, anyway, yeah, the Outliers were super famous. Um, I don't remember it at all. Maybe I never read it. All right, so let me ask you this then, Alex. How many hours does it take you to produce one episode of the Alex cast? Including, like, the sitting down and recording hours. Well, the the Alex cast is, is, is a really interesting tour. So let's see, we record for an hour and a half. Uh-huh. Um hour 40 minutes including recording time i mean oh, i just I, I literally i run you literally throw it at i the run <laughs> i run i run two filters mm-hmm. uh i throw the theme song on front and call it a day wow uh, i don't um yeah i don't edit the show unless i really need to there's an episode that hasn't come out yet actually by the time they hear this they'll uh-huh. uh they'll, they'll have uh heard in the feed but that i may edit but i so rarely edit so, uh, Lily and i sat down and we got, re- uh, I don't know, we, we got into the modern world right now, and I got pretty riled up, and I think I called for the assassination of the president a couple of times. Oh, like, yeah, you, I didn't... you edited that out, right? Because I think that might be illegal. Well, it hasn't come out yet. Well, okay. I didn't, I didn't, I mean, I didn't say that. I was more like, you know, hey, if he happens to walk in front of a bullet, I'm not going to cry, like that kind of thing. Like, you know, I, you know, that sort of stuff. But it was a lot of, like, a couple of very left-leaning people being very upset at the world, and, uh-huh. and yeah, and I think I might go through and kind of take a some of it out because it's 
it's very chew left-leading people. Like, I mean, we pretty much say the left is the correct side and you people should be ashamed of yourselves and shit like that. So I may go back and kind of, I'm not saying edit for content, but I think I might chug a little bit because there's, <laughs> I don't know if it's even listenable, but for the most part, I, I pretty much never edit. Unless, unless a guest says, hey, can you, which has happened before. Um, Bleep this out. Yeah, uh, the first time I found out I was good at interviewing people was I had uh, a guest, which I, nameless, but I had a Skype guest who's not famous, but well-known, you know. Mick uh, Jagger. Yeah. Well, no, that's, I think he's actually famous, weirdly enough. Oh. Yeah, this is slightly less famous than Mick Jagger. This oh, is, is it more, Malcolm Gladwell? Did you have Malcolm Gladwell on? Even less famous than Malcolm Gladwell, <laughs> but he, I'm pretty sure this guy wrote a book. But anyway, okay. Um, uh, that's how I found out I was good at interviewing in quotes because immediately after I'm like, hey, thanks for coming on. Like, you have to cut that middle part out. I forgot I was doing a podcast. I thought we were just hanging out. Like, I'd we'd become friends and I'm pretty good at doing that on the show. And I'm like, oh yeah, sorry, man. Yeah, yeah, I know. I could totally do that. But it was it was really funny because it's like, that never happens. I got so disarmed. I'm like, yeah, no, we got along really well. It's totally fine. I'm happy to take it out for you. But uh, as for... I've always thought I kind of blew at this and then I realized like, oh no, that's good that I'm just everybody's my friend when they come on and that's the conversation i mean that's how we became friends right like yeah. you reached out to me and you're like come be on my podcast and now sometimes we drink together yeah uh, i mean the way I re- while recording podcasts too the, the way i remember it is that you came begging you're like hey i really need help my podcast doesn't have a lot of <laughs> listeners i need i need the weight of the alex cast bump to to come on please please sir none of this happened <laughs> <laughs> no i, I kind of remember it that way too but the other uh, way around Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, you know that show that I think you've put two episodes out at this point? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was actually super... It was last April or last May or something like that. So I hadn't really... I'd only released a few episodes. Yeah, yeah. we were over a year because, uh, yeah, I think you were on episode three or something like that. And you had mm-hmm. made a comment that, like, yours were coming out for... Uh, I think they were not coming out very frequently or something. I don't remember what you were saying. I think I, I, I think I, I try to do every two weeks. I was trying to do every two weeks back then also. Oh, is that the deal? Oh, okay. Sometimes no. I have to skip a week or sometimes I, it's hard to, you know, it, it's hard to get guests sometimes. Yeah. And it's hard to Oh, yeah, no, it's hard stuff. to get guests. Yeah, no, say that to the guy in the room with you. Yeah, real tough, Eric. I'm, I'm here. Thank you. Yeah, no, hard but to it, get guests. But, I mean, it is hard to get guests. No, guess. I know. When I said no, when you invited me on, I mean, that must have been devastating. Yeah, I'm really hard to find. Okay, fine. You want to be on my podcast? I do. I, you, okay, okay. We've the, talked about it before. Yeah. All right. You, I, I'll, 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 you invited me on live on air the first time you were on. Well, so I'm bad at follow through. All right. I'm just saying. Keep people at home, you know. You heard it. Okay. We're going we're gonna to record a podcast with Alex after this podcast that Alex is recording with me. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm busy that night, though, but, like, I really appreciate the invite. I mean, we're going to talk about him, even yeah. though he doesn't show up. Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, finding guests is, is an absolute fucking bore. It is a, a bore, uh, O-A-R. It's, mm-hmm. it's really irritating. Uh, I'm trying to track down, and uh, this is not on her, like, lovely lady, but uh, Katie Montana Jordan, who you just had on, she, she was on my show, I I oh, don't yeah. remember if I introduced you guys, but whatever. That, that you didn't, lady. but I uh, I think I had heard her on your show. Yeah. 
Um, so we're trying to make make another appearance going on, but she's super busy. Yeah. And it's one of those like I really it's it's one of those things where you have to strike this balance of oh I have to keep this person in mind to you know get back in touch with them after X amount. Mm-hmm. But then you've got this weird thing of like ah oh, you don't really want to keep following someone, but it's like in her case I can name it because like I know she wants to come back on the show. We're kind of fr- mm-hmm. yeah, I think we're friends. Like this can happen. Like they, yeah, it'll be like a good you know a good you know, like return visit. But even even that being best case scenario, someone I'm friends with we've met we're you know we're good. Even that can be difficult because of scheduling. Let alone random emails to the void like dear person i respect from the internet will you come on a show you've never heard of (laughs) yeah yeah um so i had uh this is an interesting podcaster i had ryan peverly on my podcast who's the guy who does the culture show oh yeah i knew that name sounded familiar yeah and his show is very popular amongst you know the occult weirdo crowd so everybody listens to a culture and so we we sort of traded appearances like I was on his show, he was on my show. And um after that happened, I had like for a couple of weeks I started getting contacts from like publishers and like random people on Facebook and be like, "I have a show that we should do, we should that we should record your on your podcast." And like people were pitching ideas yeah. to me for a moment. Uh and then I like totally failed to follow through. Yeah, that'll happen. So, I'm going to I'm going to have to hunt that down and, and try again. But yeah, anytime I get a spike of uh, a listenership, well, back when this, you know, the show was a little bit more of a regular thing, uh, I would get these weird invites uh, or people requesting to come on. And they're often completely batshit crazy people. Mm-hmm. And not in like a fun way, in a like this one guy has emailed me six or seven times and he, he's, he's, I've published eight books. And his eight books are these like, like stick figures on the front of a book published through Amazon that says, this is how you make money. Uh, my guide to being successful. And I think he's serious. I like it, but it's one of these deals of like, I I'm good. Like this is, I don't know what, I don't know what I offer you. I don't know what you offer me. Like this is a, <laughs> this is an awkward thing. Uh, and there's a, another lady that she claims to be a psychic cat. Wait, yeah. What? Yeah. She's a reborn. Uh, 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 I don't know if she's, she sounds like somebody you have to have on. She's either it's either she used to be a cat in a past life, uh-huh. or she's a cat now and can like shape shift. Is she uh, local? And she's psychic. No, uh, oh. I don't know where she's from. The problem is it's either she's she's foreign, uh-huh. or she she's someone who writes like that. Or um, she's if a you cat. follow, I mean, yeah, or, or I mean, she's English a cat. is a second language for cats. It's true. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah. No, the way she writes emails makes me think this wouldn't be a good interview and it it's one of those ones where i don't want to invite that kind of energy into my life because once i'm once i'm responding yeah it's now now this is a back and forth yeah now and there's a connection now there's the yeah the 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 emails were fun i mean this is this goes back two three years now um but i i learned from a couple of uh unhinged people that i had on the show that it, it's best to just it's best to just leave it there because then you feel responsible for them, and there's just this whole, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my guests went to prison for some awful things, and it's like, ah, wait, <laughs> like after being on your show? Yeah, this wow. guy. Well, he's this nutty guy. He 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 got a bit of notoriety for cutting his ear off and eating it on the internet. He did what? Yeah, it's got Gene Gregoritis. He's a writer, um, and uh, he came on the show, and we got along actually pretty well. I liked the guy. How and, how did his ear taste? He said it didn't taste good. Uh, he, he, he actually, this is, his his, his, I forget it was, I think it was his first appearance. He was on twice. He said he was willing to do it again, 
But he was pretty drunk and kind of on some drugs. And I was like, Wait, so I, I, I'm presuming him, the drugs. Yeah, but I, I was like, no, I don't need that. And like, when you had him on, he only had one ear. Well, it was, he just kind of cut like the, the lobe off. Oh, but, so yeah. it was sort of like a half cropped. Yeah, was, yeah. Like, no, not yeah, it was a, fully cropped. Yeah, yeah. It was, okay. uh, it was yeah, business of the front part of the back. It was an ear mullet. <laughs> ear mullet. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Ow. he, uh, yeah, so he came on again. And it was just weird energy. And it, totally, oh, nice guy's the wrong word. But anyway, yeah, he, he. I think he ended up, uh, uh, I, I shouldn't say for sure, but I, I, I heard that he may have gotten in trouble for, for, uh, for some, for some things. I'll just leave it there. If you guys okay. want to look it up, there's, we there's, can... sto- if you Google him and then lawsuit or arrested, you, this is a findable thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I haven't had any people on my show who have gone to prison afterwards, but. But, you know, yeah, so fingers crossed. Yeah. So another thing that you talked about in, in fake 300 pseudo 300, can we call it pseudo 300? Yeah, that's cool. Two two ninety nine 299.5. I, I kind of like numerical 300. It's kind of fun. Like it just, yeah, it's technically it's 300th in order, but not in, in importance or in right. actuality. Okay. Yeah. Well, so another thing you talked about was like the difficulty of, you know, so we were talking about like the difficulty of getting guests, but then there's the difficulty of format. So like just monologuing is tough. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I, I've tried to do it too. Um, and I found, like, most of the time, I don't know, what you write a script for yourself? Do you just, like, ad-lib? Like, it's it's hard to figure out what to do. Like, I, yeah. I have no idea what the deal is. Well, um, the, the old show, and I forget if I said this in 300, but the old show was me turning on a mic with no prep, seeing if I could talk for half an hour. It would, yeah, and seeing if I could talk for half an hour. And that was the deal. And then for a while, it was an hour of me just monologuing, just whatever I feel like talking about, the things in my head. And I don't live that interesting a life, so that that became difficult yeah but you know, like for... i suspect that nobody lives a life interesting enough to be able to do that all the time yeah i mean an hour is not that much to talk about but like so here's here's one so there's a, a cult that i found out about that i never heard about before uh-huh. uh called the the anthill gang the anthill kids have you ever heard about them no no it's just i mean horrors were done and like this is so fucking interesting and i'm not one of those true crime people but like this was like that mix of like severe fake religious stuff that like mm-hmm. i'm always interested in and it's just you know it, it hits some buttons that i find interesting and, like i could totally do a show about it and there's one of the aborted uh trying me trying to do a solo shows recently i just started talking about it and described it I'm like i got nothing to say about this and other like, than that's it <laughs> this is the thing that happened and it's it's totes gross now now i've said it yeah to to you audience you know it's kind of that's what i've discovered too like you you may you might make notes or you might sort of have like a a thing you want to talk about and you start talking and you're done in like 10 minutes like all right i well now what do i do well this is why i i i really hope john doesn't get tired of me so the show i do now is john and alex hate stuff so if anybody is listening now and for some reason there's no social media connection um i do a john and alex hate stuff where every two weeks we discuss a movie uh, and we discuss a movie for an hour, and to me, that's perfect. Like, my perfect world is I have a strong host, and uh-huh. I just get to sit there and be the funny guy, but that is never going to happen. <clears throat> yeah. So the other the other thing... Sorry, I get really emotional thinking about a strong host. It's okay. Um, it's okay. Do you need a napkin? <laughs> the other... The other... Um, the other fun thing is just to have one topic and just it's it's fucking relaxing to just have me and a guy who's like, cool, we got an hour. Let's talk about a movie. Right. Oh, it's so e- I mean, sometimes it's hard because there's not that much to say. Yeah. But even that kind of hard is nothing compared to like as like as a writer, there's the blinking cursor as this. Mm-hmm. There's like the little audacity line moving across the screen of like, I have to say stuff for the next 
a lot of oh, time, man. you know. But when you have a movie to talk about, like all you have to do is remember a part of the movie and go, "Fuck it, let's talk about that part." You know, and it's just like, oh, it's like you don't even have to go in order. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just putting your fucking feet up. So, so yeah, you should, watch, you should watch cult occult movies, and then there you go. Oh man, you know, I mean, if you and um, if you and John want to talk about like Holy Mountain, oh Jodorowsky, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. I'd love yeah. to come on and talk That's about that. That's not a bad idea. Yeah. Um, I haven't listened to John and Alex hate stuff yet. I hate to admit. Oh, it's I, I. It's weirdly enough, it's the one with the greater appeal. But it's a lot of the people that I know, especially from this show. Uh huh. I don't really. It's not that I don't think you'd like the show, but it's like, ah, oh, it doesn't really seem up your alley. I, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm... You're my weirdo side. And John yeah. references it sometimes, like, in a movie. He'll be like, do you know this name? Because apparently this is, like, some, you know... Some weirdo. Some, some... Well, I, we just did Holy... We just did um, Event Horizon. Uh-huh. And one of the characters in there is named... Um, oh, maybe you'll know. Because I didn't recognize it, but... Um, one of the... Uh, uh, the main character in it is named after a guy. Hold on. Okay. Um, see this part hopefully i'll remember to cut out usually i remember to cut out this stuff where it's well i I didn't talk either so there was like quietness oh no i'm not blaming you it just i just thought of that in the in the in the editing conversation this Uh is one of the few things i'm like i hope i remember to cut that but (laughs) i i often don't do i hate the new imdb layout it is antithetical to reason oh okay so, the lead guy, Sam Neill, plays Dr. William Weir. William Weir. Yeah. I did not know that name. Okay, I didn't either. It's apparently some, um, if it's spelled with a... Like E-I-R? Well, I think it's Y-E-R, um, or something like that. Uh, huh. I'll have that check. But apparently he was some, uh, 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 demonologist type guy. Oh, like back in the like seventeen hundreds or sixteen. You know, I didn't follow up with it because the second he said demonologist, I'm like, eh, I'm good. I mean, I'm I'm fine with it. I, like sometimes that's super interesting, uh-huh. but like it's one of those ones where like, oh, I, now I know why I don't know that. Like uh-huh. it's I, I like demonology; it's a fun topic, but like it's I don't want to say this so bluntly, but more often than not, it's a it's a bullshit artist being bullshitty about oh, bullshit. Absolutely, and I I don't find it interesting enough to wade through the bullshit and it when uh-huh. when presented with quality stuff about like kind of you know interactions with that world like you and i talked about it on the show right we talked that, about like the grimoire stuff like yeah yeah i love that stuff. that stuff is great but researching on my own i don't have enough interest to be like oh no i gotta figure out because i have to like get a lot more knowledge to figure out where the bullshit lies it's like eh, right. i don't feel like doing like <laughs> like if someone sends me a link to like something that like if you said me like say hey this is like a real one i'd be like oh okay i got that but like i don't I don't know. I ain't got no time for that. I mean, I got all the time for that. I just don't have the fucking energy for it. Yeah, I totally, I totally know what you're talking. There's a, there's so much bullshit. There's so much cult bullshit, which is why, when you were like, "What are we going to talk about tonight?" and I, uh, shortly after that, like you sent me that text message. I like, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. And then I, um, I tried to get into a fight on Facebook with some guy who uh, didn't know anything about Rosicrucians, but thought he did. Oh, fun! Because. So, you know, secret societies, like, generate tons and tons of conspiracy theories. Like, zillions of them. And the Illuminati are probably the most famous secret society with conspiracy theories. I would say the Freemasons. 
I know oh, you're. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know true. if it's hard for you to see for because you are a Mason, but from from us outsiders, boy, oh, yeah. you you, I, you fuckers, you fuckers, been running that shit for a while. It's either you guys or the Jews are like top two of world <laughs> world runners. <laughs> okay, I totally totally agree with you on that. Um, but the thing is, like, the Illuminati were Freemasons, so. Oh yeah, yeah. I sort of see him as a subset, but yeah, you're right. I guess, and I guess with like Freemason secret society or Freemason conspiracy theories, uh, I don't think anybody ever even tries to debunk them anymore because they're all so friggin' ridiculous. Well, or I, Freemasons just ignore them. I think. Well, you and I made a we had a fun conversation when I went to that. Uh, you invited me to that that Buddhist oh, yeah, yeah. talk at at, uh-huh. at your at your temple. Is that the right word? Uh, that was a Scottish. That was. Lodge. 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 Yeah. That's the word. That's the better word. But I, I made an offhand comment, and the, and the fellow we were talking to, I forget, the one that looks like a politician. Uh, we don't need his name. But um, <laughs> uh, we're saying, I made some offhand comment about conspiracy theory. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, and we kind of, I, I think I made the venture of like, yeah, the conspiracy worked. You, you, we founded America. Oh, yeah, it was, happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, it's the new Atlantis happened. Like, it's. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes, there was a conspiracy theory. We. We now celebrate it in our history books, and every July Fourth, we slaughter pigs and throw them on throw them on fire to oh, celebrate. Oh yeah, man! Like, we just had Freemason Day, right? Yeah, Fourth yeah. of July, it was great. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. So yes, there was <laughs> there was a conspiracy, but oh, so the, the, the Rosicrucian stuff. What was he saying? Um, well, what the guy said uh, didn't really matter because I tried to sort of be like, you know, what the heck are you talking about? This is what we know about the Rosicrucians, and then he totally just whoop backed down. Oh, you showed facts at him? I showed facts at him, yeah. and he actually listened to me. Yeah, it's that's the rare. first yeah. time I think that's happened in a very, very long time. But it made me think, like, oh, you know, I I know this. I know all this interesting stuff about the origin of the Rosicrucian legends and the origin of the Rosicrucian stuff. And I thought maybe it would be fun to talk about. Yeah. I don't know. So, like, in terms of conspiracy theory ranking, I don't know where the Rosicrucians fit in stuff. Um, they really, they're kind of a minor player in the whole grail in the form of Mary with Jesus's kid goes to France and the Ren Le Chateau stuff. They're referencing that a lot. And they're holy blood, holy cow. Yeah. Um, I think there's, there's other stuff too that that's part of the, so there's the, in the conspiracy theory waves that happen, Uh the the Rosicrucians, at least as far as my kind of my, where my finger goes on is in that like kind of mid seventies wave. Uh-huh. Where everybody—that's kind of that holy blood, holy grail shit. Okay. Um, and kind of the almost like the Robert Anton Wilson kind of nonsense. Like he's like he would have mocked them openly. Like oh, it's yeah. like kind of that yeah. wave. And I showed up kind of next wave after. So like I lit- I more know them as like this. So basically, long form of saying that's what I think their place is. Mm-hmm. But like I think people that are maybe even eight years older than me would give a completely different answer. But that's like in my head of it. And for honestly, for me is, oh, those are those guys that are on the back of my tarot cards. Cause I have the Thoth deck and there's a rosy cross on the back of the Thoth oh, deck. Oh, right, right, right. And, and I really don't, I mean, I know what that symbolizes a bit, but I know that there's some reference there. But then when looking into it, I went, oh, the, one, there's a lot of bullshit to this. And two, all the other stuff is actually seems to be pretty milk toast. I'm just going to stop looking to this because I could read about lizard people right now. And I'm not here for facts. I'm here to amuse myself. Oh, on that note, so let me, I do have a wonderful introduction to Rosicrucians. Okay. And a a conspiracy theory loaded up on my screen. Do you know about the Georgia Guidestones? I have heard of the Georgia Guidestones. They have Rosicrucian references in them? So, the Georgia Guidestones, quickly for people uh, that haven't... uh, don't know what this is. There, there are these things that are built in uh, 1979, 1980 in Georgia, as per the name. Uh, American Georgia, not country Georgia. And um, that was probably confusing. The country of Georgia. 
because country Georgia actually could be our Georgia as well, because that's where they listen to country music. Oh, absolutely. Um, they listen to a lot of country music. So uh, they built these. So it's a bunch of pillars, and they have these uh, like almost like Ten Commandments-esque writing down the side in, mm-hmm. uh, in Hebrew, Chinese, uh, Arabic, English, I don't know, Urdu, languages. No one knows who did it, except for the man that showed up did it under the, uh, his name is R.C. Christian. Oh, so that's a Rosicrucian reference. Right yeah, there. you can okay. see right there. Yeah. Uh, and basically, so, uh, but he also said one of the things that uh, the only one person that knew his name was like the banker in the small town in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And he made a reference of, uh, you can never tell anybody my name or who I represent. So there's this reference to him representing a larger community. His name is R.C. Christian. Uh-huh. And there is a, there's this kind of underswell. It's not like you're not going to find it in most of the, like the stories of, of it, but I've heard enough people reference it being... Rosicrucian, and I was reading about it today when you brought up Rosicrucian, so I went, oh, that's fucking weird. I'm reading about a guy called R.C. Christian today. <laughs> I, yeah, but he said his name is R.C. Christian because he's a Christian. I'm like, well, what's the R.C.? I'm like, eh, that's the Rosie Crosses right there. Like, that's, you know. Ray Charles. Yeah. Well, it's more, that's, and, or, yeah, anyway. So yeah. it was just, it was funny because it, it was, uh, not funny, it was just like a weird coincidence because that's what happens when you look at this stuff. <laughs> I feel it's probably a synchronicity. You know, uh, Robert Anton Wilson would be proud of us. Yes. For following it, up. Exactly. It happened yeah. five times today. Yeah. It's, yeah. How, how weird. It's uh, Mr. Batter and Mr. Meinhof, please come into the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So so the Rosicrucians, like, uh, they never existed. Oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Hold on. Before you start. Okay. Let's, let's reset. Okay. What are the Rosicrucians... Can you give a too long didn't read for sure the sure. overview of what the world thinks the Rosicrucians are? Because I mean, even I like write about that. I'm not a hundred percent sure that I could give a, a paragraph long definition. I can try. I can try. Yeah, um, a, I feel like the one. the more I've looked into it, the more confusing it sort of gets. Like I, uh, so there are a number of organizations today that present themselves as the authentic Rosicrucians. Uh, probably the biggest one is um, Amork which is uh, AMORC, Ancient Mystical Order of the Rosy Cross, I think is what they call themselves. Uh, they were started in the early 1900s by H. Spencer Lewis. And they're based in San Jose or Santa Clara or one of those big sprawling tech towns in the south end of the San Francisco Bay Area yeah. sort of thing. Um, and I think they're probably the biggest and most popular. But there's also... So so the the, the basic tenet of Rosicrucianism is it's a type of uh, Christian mysticism. And I think usually nowadays it's Christian mysticism that's wrapped up in sort of like a fraternal initiatory package with like degrees sort of Mason-like. I'm not totally positive on that, but... I think this is part of my understanding because aren't they behind that that whole mail order thing that was popular in the 70s where you wrote away for... Yeah, I don't remember the name of it, but that's that's them, right? Oh, that's Amark. Amark does a mail-order thing. In fact, I did the Amark mail-order thing for a while um, in my, like, early 20s. Yeah, I actually think... I think on my shelf somewhere, I have their mailer they sent me. Yeah. Oh, and remind me... Okay, wait, you keep talking. I have something to show you off off the air. Okay. Continue your thought. So there are other... um, There are other modern orders that have the same thing, and they're all something like... Order of the Rosy Cross or Secret Order of the Rosy Cross, Brotherhood of the Rosy Cross, Rosicrucian Brotherhood. There are um, multiple Masonic uh, Rosicrucian orders, including the 
uh, SRIA, which has a Latin name that I'm totally going to mangle. Oh, that's Selective Serarone. No, it's uh, uh, Societas Rosicrucianus in Anglia, which means the Rosicrucian Society in England. Uh, They have branches in the United States, in Australia, in like Scotland. And they're, um, but all of these are sort of like late inventions that slapped the name Rosicrucian onto something. Um, because it's sort of a label for Christian mysticism. Yeah. So um, it's kind of like the, um, uh, to kind of dumb it down even more, uh, Kabbalah, how Madonna practices Kabbalah yeah. and then you practice Kabbalah where it's, oh, yeah. there's this, there's a, there's a giant chasm of difference between oh, what we're talking about. Yeah. Right, but right. it's that, that style of thought. And, and a lot of it is also sort of that thing that is so popular amongst occultists and esotericists and secret groups and stuff where they want to claim ancient lineage. Yeah. So like Amorak has this whole, I'm not, I can't remember the specifics of their legend, but Amorak has this whole legend where they're like, Oh, the Rosicrucian order goes secret every 110 years and then comes into the public every hundred for 110 years oh really that's awesome uh, and yeah. they're like you know in 1911 or 1912 when we became public that was the anniversary that was like the 110th or 330th or 440th anniversary of christian rosenkreutz's death which means we had to become public and that's why we're here today oh that's the part i forgot yeah because they're related to saint germain because saint germain's supposed to be christian rosenkreutz is he? Yeah, that's another. That's one of the other. Uh, uh, one of his other avatars, or whatever you call it. In, uh, in, in, see, in which totally doesn't fit the legend. Yeah. But, oh, I'm not saying that's a thing. I just uh-huh. remember. I just that's where you said it, they reappear every now and again. I'm like, wait, that's that Saint Germain. Oh yeah, I forgot. Saint Germain actually turns into him. It's one. It's one of those. <laughs> in in the same way, Jesus survives and goes to France, kind of things. Like this is a, this is a fringe ass deal. But uh-huh. what I'm here for is knowing fringe ass things about stuff. Like you may know actually what happened, but I assure you, I know seven more things you've never heard of that are complete horseshit surrounding it. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that I know it actually what happened, but oh, I do no, I, know. I'm more what of a, you're a the his- scholar of the shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I know what the historical record is indicating, or like the actual history, like stuff we can actually trace back and i think and maybe i'm totally wrong about this but i think that a lot of the stuff that we've actually been able to trace historically is kind of more interesting because what it ends up doing is showing that like the rosicrucian movement and the rosicrucian manifestos and the history of rosicrucianism is really intimately tied into a weird part in the history of european thought and the history of european religion that directly affects us and has changed the way we think changed the way like we've thought about like ourselves and our relationship to government and like all of the stuff that i mean you know like rosicrucian thought has totally influenced the course of history it's just not as blatant and out in front as conspiracy theorists like to say to see but it is more insidious because it's a way of thinking and a way of approaching stuff that we don't have any way of escaping because it's part of our culture now yeah. So basically, like the Rosicrucians, in a way, won the same way the Freemasons did, except that there were the, there were no Rosicrucians. Yeah. Well, that's the part that. So this is the thing that keeps coming up when I've looked into them, and I've certainly not mm-hmm. looked into them that much. But it's one of those they never existed things. Yeah. See, one one of my favorites of, even though it's been ruined by Dan Brown, mm-hmm. one of my favorite things is that it actually is the blood of Christ. He had a kid. <laughs> it goes to. 
I love it. Or maybe or his, the Sangreal. Yeah. Or right. his brother had a kid because you know in the book he's got a brother. For some reason we forget about him. But like Jesus is brother. He's in, he's in the Bible. Yeah, I know. But for some, yeah, but no one ever fucking brings him up. Jimmy Christ. Yeah, <laughs> but he actually is in the Bible. I forget his name. Oh, yeah, but like, it's yeah. James. Yeah, James, brother of Jesus. Oh, do, do they actually name him James? I couldn't. Remember, yeah. I couldn't remember if that was. Um, I couldn't remember if that was one of those uh, argumentative points of like, because you know he calls everybody else's brother one of those bullshit things. Like, right, was, but he actually had like a no, brother. No, no, he had like a proper, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like somebody else got spit out of the same, you know, him. Um, Probably, gonna, yeah, must have been a younger brother. And I guess technically a half brother. Oh, yeah, it's true. Yeah. yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe God got bored and just sent in a backup. Oh, you know, yeah. I wouldn't blame him. Life of Brian style. Humans are yeah. fragile, but and they were extra. We were extra yeah. fragile back then. The other side of that is is that it was Jesus's brother had a kid, and it's they're trying to protect the bloodline going that way. And, uh-huh. and, but, and but but it's like my favorite thing. I love that shit, and, and even Dan Brown can't ruin it for me, and that's saying something because oh he God. sucks at everything, uh, especially that... writing. But yeah, but I book, love it, God. and then yeah, then it turns out oh, oh yeah, Rosicrucian, that whole thing. Uh, not uh, turns out they're kind of made from whole cloth. It's like. Oh no, really? And yeah. this is, that's so weird because it's like accepted and there's orders. I mean, there's fraternal orders. There's mail order kids. Yeah, I mean, all those fraternal <laughs> orders, I don't think that there are any that are older than probably like 1850. That's great. You know what it is? It's like fucking Wicca, where everybody thinks Wicca is this old ass shit. That oh, shit yeah. was invented in the 20s. You it know? was invented in the 20s and it's totally descended from Freemasonry. Yeah. Oh, is it that from Freemasonry? Oh, totally. Oh, I didn't know that. That's well, because awesome. it's, uh-huh. it's, uh, it's from the OTO, right? Like, Gerald yeah. Gardner got, uh, I'm going to butcher this too because I don't Oh, I didn't put that together. Gerald yeah. Gardner got his OTO uh, certificate or OTO charter or whatever from Alistair Crowley or from one of Crowley's dudes and used the OTO ritual to start Wicca. And that's why Wicca has like a three degree system, why Wicca uses the phrase so mote it be. Like, I didn't even, you know, I didn't, I, I feel stupid for not having put that together. The it's price okay. back on yourself bullshit. Nobody, not bullshit, but like, I, that's so obvious now that you point that out. Didn't it, that should, that should have occurred to I me. I feel like Wiccan, yeah. Wiccans don't like to think about it and Freemasons don't like to think about it. Yeah. Either. So it's, it's totally okay. Yeah. In fact, listener, go ahead and forget all of that. It's totally fine. Be a Wiccan, be a Freemason. Everything is cool. Yeah. Ex- except, you know, you're both made up. Yeah. Also the Freemason thing. Yeah, we're. Yeah, we're we're in order that goes all the way back to the guy that built the Temple of Solomon. Yeah, uh-huh. that's it. That's yeah, sure. That's that's real. <laughs> yeah. But but at least you guys have approval, fucking lineage, to like further back than you know a week last Thursday. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and and actually, like you know, our provable lineage, um, it does kind of peter out in a way where we're sort of like, God, there must have been something before this. We just don't have the paperwork. Yeah. Um. And and so like I'm. Like, the stuff that we can actually prove with Freemasonry probably goes back to the 1590s. Which and is I, pretty fucking good. It is pretty good. It's and, just not, you and know, And it's right around the same Christ. time <laughs> that the Rosicrucians came into non-existence. Ah. So, ah. so things were things were a mess in Europe, right? In the 1500s, in, like, 1517 or whatever, uh, the Protestant Reformation started. Uh, shortly after that, like, the Church of England started. Um, everything was just a horrible mess. And in the 1600s, it all really came to a head uh, with the Thirty Years' War, which is probably, which is probably like, as brutal or more brutal than, like, World War II. So all across the Holy Roman Empire, which was, you know, Germany, Prussia, Poland, parts of France, Northern Europe, like, millions and millions of people were killed in you know, because of their religion or they died because of like famine or disease or like all the stuff that happened just because all of these little tiny kingdoms and principalities and like bishoprics and independent cities or whatever were fighting each other over whether they were, they were going to be Lutheran 
or some other form of Protestant or Catholic. And it was just like, it was bloody. It was horrible. Like, you can look it up online and just see, you know, atrocities that were committed, millions of people being killed all over the place. That was one of the foundation principles of never, I never had faith at all, but uh-huh. I was raised Catholic. Yeah. And I remember being, uh, I don't know, middle schoolish, and I certainly didn't believe anything, but I remember reading about, I forgot it was the 30 years War, but I remember it's it's the one where the Lutherans killed everybody else and, oh, and the Catholics killed them. I'm like, you guys believe in the same fucking thing. And I just like, it was this kind of head slap moment of, this is fucking dumb. I mean, oh, yeah. I didn't really need a head slap moment. I never was fully kind of committed to it. But like that, I remember that being one of those, one of the foundational blocks of going, yeah, I'm never going to believe in this shit all that well. Cause like, that's real stupid. Like, oh, man. you believe was... in the same guy. Like it's the same guy. I, I could see it killing like one God versus another God, but it's the same fucking guy. Like, well, oh, I mean, the, the secret is that it wasn't about God at all. Oh, no, of course. It was about yeah, yeah. money. Yeah. Like it was totally about money because nobody had come up with the idea of religious freedom yet. And um, and the church was like the biggest landholder in Europe, right? So so all of the stuff that was happening, like if a, if a state was like, oh, we're going to turn Lutheran, uh, that means that we own all the church's property now. Then all of a sudden the church is like, whoa, 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 we're just losing like a million dollars here because you guys all just, what, voted us out? And the church was like anti-voting. They were like, we, uh, we rule by the right of God. God told us we're in charge. God told us that's our land. Keep sending us money. And yeah. so, so you know, th- so basically it was just this big mix-up. And we have it now, you know. We have it now where people in, in the United States kind of, like, refuse to acknowledge the fact that money kind of runs stuff. So we're super happy to adhere to political parties that are obviously in the pocket of, like, giant corporations and pretending that there are these ideologies that we're fighting for, and really we're just like backing these super rich people who just want to like extract money from us. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's. We're, oh, shit. Yeah. we're gonna get ourselves assassinated. Yeah, if we get uh, you know whatever. What the hell am I doing with my life? Go ahead and kill me. At least I'll prove a point. <laughs> but anyway, okay. So this right. is in so, in the in the throes of this awful the Thirty Years' oh, yeah. War is raging. Like, so this, let's Mike Duncan this shit. But we got to go like right before wars. the Thirty Years' War, right? Like right at the beginning <laughs> the of the negative 16, thirty-one year war. The negative, <laughs> but like in the early sixteen hundreds, like before the Thirty Years' War started. Uh, when Protestantism and Lutheranism and all this stuff started like seeping into Europe, there was this explosion of new thought and new ideas, and people were very optimistic. Scholars were becoming optimistic, and and so in this town called Kessel, which is pretty much like right in the middle of Germany, um, this group of scholars. Wait, is that that's like less than twelve parsecs from Berlin, right? The Kessel. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, right. You can run there in, uh, in way less than 12 Sorry, parsecs. there's no way I was going to... It just... it That was going to be in my head, and I was never going to hear another word you said. Please continue. I'm very sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Because oddly enough, one of the scholars was named Han Solo. Oh, wow. That I'm is, joking. Talking about that's no, not true. Talk about reverse nominative determinism. <laughs> um, but there were there were these three, these three guys in particular, uh, uh, Johann, Valentin, Andrea, Tobias Hess... And Christoph Besselt. And they were really smart and they would like hang out and drink together and study and do all their like super nerdy stuff. They didn't have a podcast, but they would write a lot of pamphlets instead. They would have had a podcast. They totally would have yeah. had a podcast. It would have been hilarious. It probably would have been like the last podcast on the left. They would have been stars. Uh, I was going to say a group of mis- unfunny misogynists that are in- inexplicably popular. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no offense, last podcast on the last. It's just, you know, it's just you're not good people. 
That's I'm being yeah, mean. Sorry, I, no, I, I'm being I mean. No, I'm, I'm, some of their I'm, episodes. I'm being mean. No, they, I've enjoyed some of their stuff too. I just forget it. Last podcast, unless you're swelling my book, if inexplicably this gets back to you, I, I full, I wholeheartedly apologize. Though feel free to yell at me on the internet because that would make me more popular. I think it'd be great if the Lad Podcast on the left did a series of episodes where they played uh, Andre, Hess, and Bessold, and told like the Rosicrucian origin story. Yeah, it seems like something they would, they would attempt to do. Yeah. Yeah. So they so anyhow there were three documents that were printed. The first was the Fama Fraternitatis in sixteen fourteen. Wait, the Fama, Fama Fraternitatis, wait, 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 wait. which Fama Fraternitatis Fraternity. What's yeah, Fama? Probably fame. I don't know. I suspect it's translated right in the beginning here. Oh, sorry. I'm, I didn't. I didn't mean to. I. Th- I just. I. I used to know a bit of Latin, so I like to translate it when it shows up. But yes, yeah, so let's continue. Oh, I, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm interrupting. I know a Ian bit right of Latin. Now. I just don't yeah. know the word fama. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next is the Confessio Fraternitatis in 1615, and then finally the Chemical Wedding of Christian Rosenkreutz in 1616. And these these um, like the the fama. So the first one is really cool. Like it has um. It's basically the story where these uh, these initiates, these Rosicrucian initiates, go to uh, like accident, or they discover the crypt of Christian Rosenkreutz, who was their who was the teacher of their teachers. So sort of like their granddad teacher. Yeah. And um, it's hidden in this place, and it, and it turns out like it they they fulfill this prophecy, find this hidden crypt, and the crypt is like this this secret eight-sided vault painted totally black with, like, an eternal light shining. Oh, I remember this story. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all these secret secret knowledge painted on the walls. Is this the one with the weird robots? Um... I know that wasn't me saying it aside. There's no. one, there's one of these stories where they go into a vault with the lights that stay on forever and these, like, basically automata come to life and try to protect... It's... Sorry, it's adjacent to the story. No, no, I, I don't think that there are robots in this one. Um, I, but... That sounds so stupid. I swear to God, people, that's not me being weird. There's a story that's basically the exact same thing. Ancient crypt trying to find uh, wisdom. I think it's a. I think it's. Th- I think it's probably another variant of the story that somebody just made it up. Sorry. Are you sure that's not Tomb of the Cybermen? That's a Doctor Who serial, I, I, old one, like Second Doctor. Yeah, uh, I'm familiar with John Pertwee. <laughs> I don't even know if that's his name. No, 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 no. The no, second doctor, not the third doctor. It's the, it's the only early doctor I could think so of the, the name The one of. with the bowl cut? Yeah. What's his name? Oh, it wasn't Pertwee. Pertwee was the... Oh, I didn't think it was. One I just the frilly cuffs and the... Pertwee was the the earliest really? one I could come up with. Okay. I can't remember that doctor's name. Anyway, you know, but there there is a, there is one... Of, again, yeah. I know the tangents to the stories that you know, like the his, historical <laughs> story. I know like, these dumb other ones. And there's all these... There's actually multiple stories. Anyway, please continue. Okay, okay. They're going down into the, the, so the, they go the down dark the ancient crypt. obelisk. Yeah, and it's a, it's like this hidden crypt with like eight sides and like... Or maybe there's seven sides. I don't know. But there's like, you know, alchemical symbols and the secrets of the ages written on the walls and Christian Rosenkreutz's body is there. Uh, and there are like instructions where... Uh, the initiates who find it, the adepts who find it, there are there are like a limited number of them. And it's like, go forth, each of you to a different country, um, never communicate again, find uh, students and teach them and spread my ideas. So they published this. And, and so the ideas of Christian Rosenkreutz were very much like they were part of the Protestant Revolution. They were promoting science and um, sort of like... Uh, rational thinking um like christian rosenkreutz himself his origin story has him like traveling through the middle east and collecting 
you know, the latest scientific information now, and bringing is, it is back. Is Rosencrantz, like, is he a historical figure? Like, he's actually a he person? He is totally no, fictional. I couldn't remember if he was based on a real guy. No, he's no. totally fictional. Okay. Well, okay. so there's a theory. So so one of the three guys that uh, that was involved in writing this, uh, Tobias Hess, was a, was a Paracelsian physician. And so there's a theory that Christian Rosenkreutz might have been based on Paracelsus, but uh, the years don't match up. So like Christian Rosenkreutz, like the year he was supposed to have died was like in 1485 or something like that. So, um, which was, bef- you know, way before Paracelsus died. I think Paracelsus died in like 1550, 1540. Um, yeah, I don't know. I know that guy. I, honestly, I would have guessed he was a Roman fucking dude. I, like, oh, I just no. know that guy by name. Well, Paracelsus, yeah, yeah. so he's, he's interesting too. Like he was basically the inventor of modern pharmacology. So he invented this um, new science called iatrochemistry, which was uh, mixing chemicals to cure diseases. Which eh, never going to work. Eh, who yeah. knows? <laughs> never going to turn into a, some sort of ginormous world destroying um, industry. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to blow you. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Paracelsus. Way to go. Oh, Mr. Oh, my God. Bayer. Did we just uncover the Rosicrucian conspiracy? I think we did figure it out. Uh, yeah. Rosicrucianism is behind Big Pharma. Yeah. Shit. And now Bayer bought Monsanto. So everything from Monsanto is going to be called Bayer. And mm. it's all this guy's fault. And suddenly we're going to have uh, eternal robots guarding our our mystical crypts i there's no way for me to look this story up quickly but man i want to figure out what the fuck i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to you telling me about yeah, it later yeah. uh all right so so that's how that's how that one ends the, it sort of ends with um with the instructions in the crypt telling the uh the adepts the the students of the students of christian rosenkreutz to go out into the world and and spread their teachings so the thing that was amazing about this is like there was never any such thing. It was it was a fiction story, right? That these guys made up to sort of talk about basically like how amazing everything was was right now. Like all of this information had flooded back into Europe from the Middle East. All of this science, all of this knowledge, um, it was suddenly being made available in a way that was changing the way that the Western world thought. And this this change uh, led directly to the Reformation, and the Reformation was sort of sowing the seeds of this idea of like intellectual freedom and intellectual progress. And so these thinkers, these uh, these scholars in Kessel were sort of like, everything is going to be friggin' amazing right now. And um, and so they were leading up to this thing, like they were all super optimistic. They're all like, you know, we're, we're just going to publish this. It's going to be a great story. It's basically this tale of like knowledge coming from the from the Middle East back into Europe and how everything's going to be great, how we're throwing off the shackles of religious tyranny, how we're, you know, like the people were having really happy thoughts. Yeah. And they were sort of at the heart of that, Um, which leads right into the next uh, manifesto, the Confessio Fraternitatis, which was published in 1615. And this is a really fascinating book because it doesn't really have a story in it. Instead, it has a collection of sort of like uh, rules or or dictums of the Rosicrucian order. Like Rosicrucians believe these blah things. And I, is this the first reference to Rosicrucians at this point? I don't think anybody ever really called them. I don't think they called themselves Rosicrucians very much at all. Okay. Um, so that's a, that's a later invention. I think so. That's, okay. that's an interesting yeah. question though. Um, they might've called themselves the fraternitas, you know, the fraternity of Rosicrucians, but, um, but the confessio has, 37 arguments about why the Rosicrucian way of looking at stuff is right. So I can read a couple of them. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let me find the page in my book here. 
As you're looking, I just a thing that keeps running through my head. It reminds me so much of uh, the the golden tablets of uh, of Thoth, uh, of oh this ancient wisdom that was found somewhere and now it's been redug up and we can teach it to the world even though it's yeah that that never happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you just made some shit up. <laughs> so, uh, oh here the 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 translator of this um, sort of broke down and modernized the reasons, but. Uh, what is this? The so there are fourteen chapters and it contains thirty-seven uh, reasons for the Brotherhood's plan. And these um, so the the reasons or rationales are the following principles or beliefs: one, God's current intervention in world history; uh, two, loyalty to Protestantism and to the Emperor, which would have been the um, the Holy Roman Emperor. Um, Three, the sickness of the current philosophy, by which they're probably referring to Catholicism. Uh, four, a cure for the same arising in Germany. Five, the doctrine of the macrocosm is the key to philosophy. Six, a justification for revealing secrets. Seven, that a new age has begun. Um, and it just keeps going on. Like, yeah. uh, they don't know. They don't all make a, t a whole lot of sense. But well, like, wait, but also the, the Holy Roman Emperor was Catholic. Um. He might not have been at that time. Really, uh, I thought by I thought he, I thought that was like thirteen twelve hundreds was when. Well, so we're in the sixteen hundreds now. No, that's what I mean. That's what I thought it was like a while before this was. And he. I also this is not where I should just let you go. Sorry, this is not my purview. I just well, I'm so, also terrible at dates. I just so it popped in my head. And honestly, like yeah. I can't remember. There was a there was a big mess. A bunch of different Roman emperor, uh, holy Roman emperors went. Yeah, you're through. right. There's also like three. There was the the there, there was were, a lady emperor at some point. Like yeah, yeah. So it's but, yeah. But like, during this period of time, like leading yeah. up to the Thirty Years' War, uh, the seat switched a lot and. Um, I think I think most of them were Catholic, but I think that there was a Protestant in there also, uh, which might have been what s sparked the war. I don't remember. There was it's sorry, it was it was stuff. a it was a dumb aside. Sorry, it just popped oh, no, my no, head, no, and no. I have I have I have very bad filter. <laughs> <laughs> so the the Confessio wasn't as exciting as the Fama. Like the Fama had this great origin story. Oh yeah, the Fama was basically fucking you know uh, national treasure yeah, oh yeah it's totally like oh we that. found this secret entrance and we're going down into this crypt and <laughs> yeah. we've discovered this secret history and the secret knowledge and we're taking it out into the world and then the confessio is like oh and here are 37 reasons we're right yeah this, this shit's totally and fucked you're kind up. of like you're oh, fucked this up. is yeah. fun to read this yeah. is fun to read um all right so the exciting one probably the best one if you if you're only going to read one of the rosicrucian manifestos and by the way they're all very short like the the fama and the confessio are both very very tiny like you can see this little book that i have has the translations for all three of them and commentary oh wow yeah so, that's, i'm gonna say that's 167 pages oh yeah yeah it's yeah. pretty much pretty much right around there 180 maybe that wasn't bad you were good um it's thin paper yeah um so the chemical wedding is science fiction and it is glorious like it is um it's a first person story told from the point of view of christian rosenkreutz and it totally takes place like actually it has a date on it let's see 1459 it looks like so in the year 1459 christian rosenkreutz gets like this magic invitation to a wedding and so he's like i'm gonna go and the whole thing is just this series of like weird allegories and thing and and steps he goes through and it's filled with like strange pagan imagery and uh fascinating characters and like 
gods and demons and spirits and tests and and he just like fumbles his way through all of it and it's filled with like it's it's super fascinating it's very very fun to read and it ends right in the middle of a page like right in the middle of a sentence it just ends you don't see you never get to find out how it totally ends but it was still published um and this book is uh is basically probably entirely by Johann Valentin Andre. Um, and we, so, so the thing is, we know a lot about, about uh, Andre. Like he, his last name might be Andrea. I don't know. It's a hard name to pronounce. Yeah, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. It's got I, a ton of vowels I, at the end. As I referenced, I've known you for a year and I barely know your last name because I can only look at it. I'm totally <laughs> fine with uh, uh, the pronunciation being off. I think that this dude might have a silent E. How weird is that? Oh, yeah, bad yeah. Meinhof. So, um, so this book was originally published in German, and it was the uh, the Kimishi Hochzeit Christiane Rosenkreuz, Anno Domini, fourteen fifty nine. And I love it. I've read I've read multiple translations of it. Um, I I enjoy it every time. It's. Uh, uh... it's almost devoid oh it's almost devoid of like esoteric christian stuff so unlike the other unlike the other rosicrucian things which really harp on the fact that like we are you know protestant mystics who believe in all of this like crazy new science stuff like we're excited about science taking over we're excited about being like free thinkers and protestant philosophy wizards uh there's almost no esoteric christianity in the chemical wedding Instead, it feels like this weird, long mushroom trip allegory sort of story. Yeah. There's um, a, there's a, I was just going to say, um, so that book, which I didn't know that it, the, the alchemical wedding, uh-huh. there's a way to read the Thoth Tower deck to retell that story. Oh, really? Because in the Thoth deck, in the, in the Major Arcana, there's a, there's a story, there's, in the Thoth deck, there is an alchemical, uh, uh, uh rite that happens where it's a combination of salt, uh, gold and something. Salt, I, I, mercury, and sulfur? Yeah, that might be it. I, I'm so shit at that. It's been so long since I looked into it because I, I, I read tarot in, in weird ways. But anyway, there you can read the story that way. But uh, mm-hmm. I remember when I was looking into it, trying to understand that deck a little bit better. But that's one of the stories they came out that you can actually read that through it. And they were there's oh. a bit of an argument whether that was planned or it's just you find, you know, if you're looking for communists, you find communists. If you're uh-huh. looking for the story of the, of, you know, Rosicrucians, you find Rosicrucians, you know. Yeah. It's, but it, it it's it's funny as you're saying like oh shit this is this is bringing back because i read i mean i started reading that tarot when i was 17 years old uh-huh. so a lot of this is pretty i'm, I'm throwing some cobwebs off when i'm trying to remember yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I i hadn't heard that before but i'd be really interested to see how that works so uh in the in the intro to this like so jocelyn godwin who is a a great translator and scholar that that you guys should totally check out all you listeners out there yeah um, but which god uh oh was that <laughs> yeah just get going let's just okay. not even, let's pretend that didn't happen um so in, in the intro he points out that uh, a lot of the so so christian rosenkreutz go, goes on this journey through fantastical lands and has like fantastical experiences to get to the chemical wedding itself and um and godwin points out that it reads like the Hypnorodomachia polyphili. So he believes that uh, Andre or Andrea or however, whatever his name is, Andrea was influenced by the Hypnorodomachia polyphili and po- possibly had access to a copy of it. 
Uh, and this is pretty interesting because the Hypnorodomachia is one of those great weird-ass old texts that fits super well into weird-ass conspiracy theories if you want to. And I brought, uh, I brought a translation of it here so you can sort of see. This book is, like, it's eyeball honey. Yeah, it is so fun to read, and it's, it's just it's. Beautiful. I've I've never read. I I've seen the name places. I've never I've never actually delved in. Yeah, and it. But again, so in this in the Hypnorodomachia, you have this uh, the main character, um, uh, Polyphilo, I think his name is, and he ends up going through this this dreamlike sequence of like these bizarre, um, uh, journeys through magical lands and encountering magical creatures and mythological creatures and all this sort of stuff um and so the thought is that the chemical wedding is probably at least inspired by the hypnorodomachia oh that's fun yeah and what year is this um the hypnorodomachia was published in 1499 okay and the chemical wedding was published in 1616 or 1617 yeah it's just uh, that just reminded me the the it just reminded the if you ever read the original Marco Polo uh, stories. Oh yeah, they're complete horseshit. I mean, there's there's people that are made of fudge. Like, oh, it's the, it there's is not so, so much. It just it's I just love that that era, but it's a little bit before that. Like, I just yeah. love that that of like, and I went to this foreign land, and yeah, and and men walked sideways, and they called themselves hats. Like, yeah. It's, yeah. But the crazy thing is like so, but the Marco Polo stuff in particular, like the crazy thing is, so that was probably based on the writings of uh, even Batula. Batutla, shit, I can't remember. Uh, this this Arabic adventurer who who wrote down all of his stuff uh, like a hundred years, one hundred fifty yeah. years before Marco Polo. But a lot of what Marco Polo wrote, wrote about, or parts of it, are probably true. Oh no, there's little yeah. bits and pieces that are there, but in between it's bad oh, yeah. shit. I mean, there's oh, there's yeah. there's other nonsense. One legged people and yeah. Oh, there's just some crazy stuff in there. Yeah, so, uh, there's a I I don't. It's just one of my many uh, sides that I just kind of read about things I forget immediately. But I was reading somebody, like you know, proper scholar that said it's it's pretty likely that Marco Polo never existed. That's just a name that was invented to mm-hmm. give somebody like uh, that made me a little bit sad, but yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, at least you got a Netflix show. It's a couple of seasons. Oh yeah, I never actually watched it. So <laughs> I'm gonna read. Um, I'm gonna read a little bit of the Confessio. So this is like the list of reasons why. Rosicrucianism is valid or important or whatever that was published in 1615 because I think it leads directly into how Rosicrucianism kind of like affected um, kind of like Western thought and Western culture and that sort of thing. All right. Uh, This is from chapter five of the Confessio. If someone from the other side should wish us more prudent, thinking that we dispense our treasures too freely and indiscriminately, Without favoring the virtuous, the wise, even princes of other people, we are not angered, for the charge is not invalid. Rather, we confirm that our secrets will not be made public, however much they echo around common ears in five languages. We grant the dignity of acceptance, not according to curiosity, but by the rule and norm of our own revelations. So what that rule is saying is that the Rosicrucians aren't going to let you in they're not going to tell you your secrets just because you want them. You know, they basically look around and they find the people who are worthy and they're like, you get to learn our secrets, but not the other people. Um, 
And it sort of goes on and, and it implies that there's like a level of degree. So you go through degrees of Rosicrucian knowledge and are slowly brought to not brought to light. Mm. So so after the publication of the first two in particular, there was this huge, huge interest. And scholars all across Europe, um, particularly the Holy Roman Empire and, and France, uh, were like, who are the Rosicrucians? Where do we find them? What do we do? You know, and, and, and everybody you can think of from that time period, uh, if you can think of anybody from that time period. There were, there were a lot of thinkers where I'd, if I brought their names up, you'd be like, oh, that guy. They were all writing about the Rosicrucians, and they were all like writing letters you know, to be published in pamphlets and they were publishing books and stuff saying like this is what i think about the rosicrucians or uh or begging the rosicrucians to contact them or no, trying just, to find them sorry let me just stop you i just to kind of get my footing here there are are they doing this with the understanding that they believe that there is an a, a somewhat ancient order of rosicrucians yes they all believe that there's so, I mean, an so ancient order of rosicrucians a couple of dudes wrote a couple of books, and then, like, a few years later, the smartest people on the continent think, oh, this is a legit thing. Yeah. All right. Because— I mean, Scientology happened, so— oh, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, you have to remember, it's an, it's an era of wishful thinking, right? Like, the Thirty Years' War hasn't started yet. Everybody yeah. is seeing all this stuff going on, and they're like, oh, my God, everything is changing for the better. And then the Rosicrucians announce their existence, and they're like, we did this. This was us. We are the Protestant mystical overlords. And so people are like, oh, shit, well— I've been a part of this. I totally deserve to get the Rosicrucian knowledge. Yeah. There was no internet. No, I got you. It just, it's one of those, I, it, I'm it not blaming them. Right? It's, it's just, but it, there's a bit of like, it's just, it's a bit of my frustration at Scientology where it's like, oh yeah. Like really? He wrote it like a week ago. Like how could you possibly buy that shit? That's so real. Yeah. It's just and, one of those, but, and especially like smart people falling for it, but I mean, People frankly, wanted I think, it to be true so badly that they yeah, just... Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, I I believe in Atlantis and I own crystals. Like, I, I get... Like, I know... I'm, but at least I know I'm falling for it. I just... I take... <laughs> that's why I asked the question. It's like, I I take joy in my kind of belief in some bullshit. And belief is the wrong word. But yeah. kind of acceptance for for a frivolity in, in, in bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I just... I, I guess my... I, to me, I'm going to rewrite my own history here, rewrite their <laughs> history to say they sort of know it's horse shit when they're writing about it, but it's fun because yeah. I just I don't want smart people to do this. <laughs> well, I mean, the smart people are pretty much split down the middle. Um, uh-huh. uh, Tobias Churton wrote this book called The Golden Builders. And when he talks about the Rosicrucian manifestos, he actually lists. He's like, here are the scholars who believed it. Here are the scholars who were like, this is bullshit. And here are the scholars who like believed it and thought it was evil. Oh, you know, so he yeah. sort of breaks it down and he's like, you know, for, against, neutral or that sort of thing. So you can, you can get the Golden Builders and sort of get the long list of names. And, and there's tons of them. Like, it's just amazing how many people wrote about Rosicrucians. And over time, it sort of morphed into people claiming to be Rosicrucians. Um, but, but all of this optimism was crushed by the Thirty Years' War, right? So the Thirty Years' War rolls in this sort of like Rosicrucian vision of this, uh, you know, enlightened Protestant state is completely washed away in like bloodshed and war and, and shit. Like everything went to shit. Europe went haywire. Uh, England went haywire. England descended into the civil war where like, you know, the Puritans and the Catholics were fighting over the crown and like Charles the second. 
one of the Chucks. Don't look at me. I get them all fucking eh. years. I'm I'm so bad at years of fishing. I know what happened. I I have a vague sequence of what happened, but like I don't fucking remember. I think it was Charles the First who got beheaded. Uh, you know, and Cromwell took over. So like everything just went to total shit, and the Rosicrucian dream, uh, ended up transforming from this like, uh, political religious utopian, Protestant vision into a myth and a myth that that didn't really stay true to its form but i think and i think that we've got some pretty good evidence that what happened is by the middle of the 1600s you had people in europe who had managed to hide some of their weird uh esoteric and occult leanings uh who were really interested in rosicrucianism who had access to the rosicrucian stuff and um and had started to form lodges of accepted freemasons and that's where all of the rosicrucian shit got into freemasonry yeah um and we've got pretty good evidence it's circumstantial but it's it's good enough evidence that sort of indicates that that's what happened um <coughs> and interestingly enough there's a there's a ritual in Freemasonry called the Holy Royal Arch, which uh, exists today, exists to this day, and the form of the Holy Royal Arch is ridiculously similar to the chemical wedding story. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, not you know, there's no wedding in the in it, but there's still like this the story of a journey with like fantastical happenings and trials and tribulations and all this sort of stuff that has a form that's very much like the chemical wedding. Um, and I haven't really seen anybody do any uh, analysis of the chemical wedding against the the story of the Holy Royal Arch, but I think that would be really interesting to see. Uh, maybe I'll do it one of these days. Yeah. Um, but I think that we do have some evidence. Like, I think that Freemasonry in the 1600s, when it hadn't really, like, really congealed into what we have today, where you started to have um, a lot of, like, really wacky weird esoteric english people from the countryside sort of like finding these masonic lodges and joining them and being like oh my god you guys have ancient geometric secrets um i think freemason really formed this kind of like melting pot of all of this esoteric knowledge that was getting wiped out by the protestant reformation yeah <sighs> well the rosicrucian <laughs> god bless you thanks <laughs> Um, and then, you know, from there, like now we have, you know, the Rosicrucian orders that we were talking about before you have the sort of like Rosicrucian idea that shows up again and again and again, like you said, it's in the Thoth tarot deck and the Thoth tarot deck probably got it from the golden dawn, which loves that rosy cross symbol. Well, no, it's directly, it's Crowley part of golden dawn broke off into the OTO and Crowley designed the Thoth deck. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Direct, direct lineage, if not theft. Yeah. And uh, and so I, I mean like now Rosicrucianism is around today in a way that is so much unlike the original form. Like I suspect if you found like a bunch of Amorc members and asked them, "Oh, what did you think of the Fama Fraternitatis?" they'd probably be like, "I never read it." Hmm. Yeah. Or maybe they never read the Confessio, or never maybe they don't even have any idea about you know the original sort of like political religious uh, influence that led to those documents being created. Yeah. 
It's a really interesting thing. I just keep going back to Freemasonry. The whole uh, who's the guy that built the temple? I always forget his name. King Solomon? No, the the guy that you guys are all relate yourself back. Oh, to. Hiram Biff. Hiram Biff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you know aware that's not true. I mean, not that part, but yeah. I mean, like, it's not like oh, he started a club and then we're the we you know right, but absolutely. It's 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 this interesting thing of all right. So we're we've described how the Rosicrucians are you know they're made up. They're they're made from whole cloth at some point. Yeah. It's what's interesting is the, what, this is, this is too obscure of a thing. It just goes back to Scientology, goes back to every other thing. Is it a, is it a time thing or is it a forgetful thing that that no longer matters? Like, so the, so like Freemasonry is not founded in, but the, the origin story is, is somewhat horseshit. Yeah. But, but we've always known that. No, but that's what I knew. This is no, but that's what I mean is so. I'm not arguing the validity of, of Freemasonry. Yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't think you're arguing the no, validity I'm not of, of, uh, of Rosicrucianism. But since it's kind of more recent and more like directly traceable, it seems like there's like a, eh, well, that's kind of like they just made it up. But there's, yeah. there's this kind of, but there's a different story because it's slightly, it's. It I, has to do with like, uh, how important is historicity? Yeah, that's, right? that's like, kind of where I'm driving. It's just like this weird kind of. And I, I believe they're both valid, but there's also... They are valid, of, but yeah. it also it also has to do with, like, around that same time, around the same time that, like, Rosicrucianism was coming into its own and then being crushed by the Thirty Years' War, around the time that, like, all of this stuff was going on, uh, our way of thinking and our way of, like, approaching thought and the importance of information and the importance of knowledge completely shifted. And it's kind of schizophrenic and weird now, where we're caught in this completely like materialistic society. And when I say materialistic, I'm not saying like, like Madonna material girl style materialism, but like the idea that the material world is the real world. And that's all that matters. In which case the history needs to be solid and historically sound and, and, and all of that stuff. But people didn't used to think that way. And it used to be just the way things were like, like, yeah, stuff isn't historical stuff might be imaginary stuff might be completely visionary. And there's an importance to that as well, because it forms sort of like who we are or, or how things happen, even if it's not like directly historically traceable. And and so like, I, you know, I don't want to like, I don't want to defend bullshit histories. I, but I mean, but, I do though. So you're you're welcome to. This is the well, show to do it on because I lo- I think bullshit history is important because I think most of I'm history this, is bullshit. This yeah. is bullshit history, yeah. but the reason that it's important is not because it's like directly provable history, but because it's a common legend or a common story that provides a a you know a common origin and, and like sort of an explanation of what these ideas mean. But I think that the important thing is is understanding the line between them and understanding like where your history is material and where it's imaginary. Yeah. So if um, Amorik yeah. was willing to say like, yeah, we totally were founded in 1911 completely by H Spencer Lewis. And he just totally made us up out of whole cloth, but here's the legendary history that we use to sort of like inspire our ideals. That is totally different hmm. than being like, Oh no, 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 no. H Spencer Lewis is just the first public grand master or high puba or whatever yeah and before that we were just underground that's just lying 
Well, I mean, sort of, but I mean, in that they're tracing themselves to. They're not tracing themselves at that point, though. They're just they're literally saying. No, but we're talking, but we're talking about writers here, like yeah. as you're describing earlier, that went, oh, I'm just going to make up the story of walking into a crypt, and yeah. there's this. So, but they're tracing themselves to that lineage. So, but they never intended anybody to take it seriously, from what we can tell, because they all disavowed it or died. But Johan, oh, I so, see what so you're like, saying. So okay, Andrea, like, yeah. Andrea, in his later years, he's like, "Oh God, I wish I had never written any of that stuff." Wow. He's like, "I never thought anybody would take this bullshit seriously, and look at what's happened." Okay. Uh, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah, that's a good point. So it's like the the way in which it's it. Yeah, yeah. Because to me, like I, I think I think that's kind of cool to trace yourself to bullshit from. I do too, but I think that there needs to be a level. You need to be honest, right? There has to be a level of yeah. honesty where you're saying, no, like, yeah. we know that this isn't serious. This is a legendary history that is intended to sort of like explain our beliefs and our structure and how we work. No, but... I, I here's here's where our differences lie in this okay. is that I intrinsically think that about every belief system that it's built in and i, I think I'm, I'm, okay. I'm wrong about that oh no but like I, I feel like there's like a i feel like there's an intrinsic like see i'm much more like eastern like yeah. i i know much more about like the kind of like hindu stuff not like i'm an expert by any stretch but like that's kind of the stuff i try to ride towards and i love their beliefs because they're like yeah it's just it's something we read but it's true but it's not true so it's like oh yeah you know uh you know, the like in the Mahabharata, there's a bunch of weird shit. Like this guy gets stabbed with arrows, and the arrows hold him up for like six months, and he has full conversations with people. And like, no, yeah. wait, it's the no, the, it's Bima, Bima, yeah. the old teacher. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like, oh yeah, I'm just, I, I'm here. It's cool. Everything's great. And like, so, but if you ask somebody that's like believes in that system, like, yeah, it happened, but is it real? No, it's not real. It's stupid. You can't be alive for that. But it's yeah. simultaneously real, not real. And I, and oh yeah, to yeah, me, totally. That's every religious system I immediately. So like, but I it's kind also, of forget that like yeah. it matters to them that. Everything is horseshit. I'm such a Robert Anton Wilson kind of thing. It's everything is horseshit that it's like it does. I kind of have to remind myself that them claiming it to be real, that actually means something to them because it's like, of course, not. I mean, like it's just because it seems like everything's play acting to me when it comes yeah. to religion or spirituality or, or or any kind of occultism that I kind of it's it's a fault of mine. I just forget that. It matters to them. Well, to me, I think everything is this waveform that fluctuates between highly serious and very stupid. But I mean, it, that's true for for like political beliefs. Oh, yeah. for, Same thing. for like, yeah. you know, our, our national history for like almost everything. Like we we paint this sort of legendary history over everything we do and we forget that that exists. Yeah. You know, but we forget that we're smart enough to know that. The legendary history that we have ourselves, even if it's close to the truth, isn't really what happened. Yeah, that's why I love Joseph Campbell, where it's just kind of like, ah, this is mm. just kind of bullshit. And what my my kind of recent, I don't want to say revelation, but my kind of recent realization is the thing I focus on is how, okay, so our, our story is, it's revelation to us that's like, well, really, we came in and, and murdered all the, all, all the Native Americans, <laughs> uh -huh. where it's. Yeah, because there was one tribe across the country where it's like, well, there was actually infighting there. And they were like a complex culture that like had life and vibrancy. Mm -hmm. It's not like it's just it was white people versus the noble savage that used every part of the buffalo. Like, no, motherfuckers, they were the ones that invented chasing buffalo off cliffs to kill them. It doesn't take away <laughs> from anything. It's just we so readily want to invent because it's the same thing with like the myth of that. That's still the same mythos of like, but it's like we want to have this like 
this other mythos. Like they're just uh-huh. like it, it's it's turtles all the way down. It's just this myth upon myth upon myth. So it's like oh, even well, even when we try to even when we try to fix the myth. There's we another myth. A new myth on top of it. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. oh, we want to fix the myth of white people showed up and it's and it's pilgrims and, and happiness and blah, blah, blah. Of course it's bullshit. But it's also bullshit that it's like, we are Indians. We're holding hands and using every part of the buffalo. Like, yeah. no, no human has ever lived like that. Like, yeah, they did and much better like, than we did. Yeah. We're going to chase all the buffalo off a cliff and then we'll have like all the buffalo burgers we want for about a week. And then it's going to be too, yeah. too nasty to eat. And to be fair... There was a shitload more buffalo right there. Like, they were right. Like, I'm not taking anything away from, like, indigenous peoples of this country. They did it better. Man, their <laughs> lives were better than ours. They were happy. They were fucking built. They all had abs. Good on them. They but, like, it's still, it's still like that. It's just turtles all the way down. Think of, like, yeah. we just built up a different mythos, and no one questions it. Because you go, oh, yeah, we're the bad guys. Yeah, we were the bad guys. But that doesn't mean that they were the good guys. Well, I mean, they were the good guys in that we murdered them, but... It doesn't mean like, oh, they were all, you know, it's not saints versus sinners, Madonnas and whores is the, is the concept. Oh, I mean, one know? of the secrets is that, you know, every Madonna is a whore. Yeah. I mean. Well, I mean, except for Mother I, Mary. Don't you dare take her name in vain. Uh, oh, really? Because I feel like she cheated on Joseph. I had, sure, God did boner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, what did, okay, so, like, overall, after that ridiculous aside. Well, that's not a ridiculous that aside. That was a good aside. I mean, I, a no, I think that's really important. Yeah. I think that, you know, if there's one thing to take away from this. It's that, like, legendary histories are important. We have to realize that, like, almost every history is legendary, but there's a level of honesty that we should be expecting from our secret society leaders. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll never find out if they're holding up to it, you know, according to conspiracy stuff. We can read their websites. Yeah. You can go to the AMORC website and see what they say. I mean, I honestly haven't, so maybe they actually do own up to it now, but... Well, but, no, in a conversation about a friend of mine uh, from the bar listened to your episode, and uh, he thought you were bullshit and you're hiding. Hiding what? No, well, you're a mason, 32nd <sighs> degree. You're, no, that's, it's, it's, that's basically what I said. I'm like, dude, I'm pretty sure, like, I, like maybe there's some other stuff, but, like, I don't, I, I have a hard time having the masons as the, as, as the thing the you guys. find. Yeah, like. Like, like it's not anyway. But, but it's anyway. It just it was a funny thing. I meant to I meant to mention this to you fucking ages ago. But so, uh, so in in Freemasonry in the Scottish Rite, uh, the eighteenth degree is the Knight Rose Croix, which is like uh, uh, supposed to be sort of like a Rosicrucian degree. Mm-hmm. Nothing in it matches. Like the Rosicrucian philosophy. Ah, that's fun. It's really strange. Like, I, I was really looking forward to it when I got it, and I remember going through it. And, I mean, the first time I went through it, I had never read uh, any of the Rosicrucian stuff, so I was sort of like, cool, Rosicrucian stuff. And then when I went back and read it, I was like, uh, I don't see the connection. Yeah. And that's really funny to see. So, like, the Rosicrucian stuff itself has sort of really taken on a life of its own. Um, oh, no. it's it's uh, What I know about it has nothing to do with any of its, you know, yeah. real life for us. Well, it's I, actually, that's probably not true. It's, I, I knew it as some kind of bullshit thing. I didn't realize it was 100% made up, but I knew it was bullshit. I knew it was related to bullshit. So, I mean, really, I was pretty close. Yeah. But, I, so, but circling back, because I think we kind of uh, uh, de- got you into interesting details to kind of miss the major point. What do you think? What's the... Sitting right here and... 2018 mm-hmm. what are the thought patterns that we are existing in that have its roots in in in, in quote-unquote rosicrucianism in 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 that thing like what what do you what can we trace i think that um one of the things we can trace is uh religious freedom i think that there's a hint of religious freedom in rosicrucianism 
Um, I think that the importance of scientific knowledge is, is really highlighted in some of the Confessio's stuff. Um, and I think that uh, maybe like a more distorted view of Rosicrucianism and the way that it influenced Freemasonry or the way that those ideas sort of leached into Freemasonry in the in the later 1600s. Yeah, and um, then Freemasonry later influencing us on a right, level. right. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, the Freemasonry later influenced all of these, you know, sort of Republican revolutions where yeah. we formed republics in places that had been monarchies before. Um, and the first place that that really happened was in England. You know, I mean, England um, had been building a constitutional uh, monarchy for a while, but. But by the end of like the Glorious Revolution in the what was the 1680s, I think, when William of Orange came over, uh, we really had or England had really managed to develop a, a way there is a representative government and the the monarch was losing more and more power. Um, and I think a lot of that came through this idea in that was present in Rosicrucianism because it was part of this like Protestant Reformation that individuals had this divine right to knowledge that was just as important like it didn't matter if you were a peasant or a king you still had the same sort of divine right to knowledge if you were good enough for it i mean that that little bit i read before was basically saying like it doesn't matter if you're a king or a millionaire or whatever if you come to us begging for knowledge we're not going to give it to you unless you're worthy and they're sort of stripping away everything and being like the question of worthiness isn't about your birthright or your pocketbook it's about, you know, I don't know what they're, they don't really say what their criteria is, but I imagine people who interpreted it were being like, you know, it's what's in your heart. It's, you know, so I think that there's sort of a level of, uh, of egalitarianism in that. Yeah, no, that, that tracks to me. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Um, and maybe some other stuff that was more subtle. I, you know, I'm not totally a huge fan of what happened to the way the Western world started thinking in the 1600s. I'm kind of a, an anti-materialist myself. Yeah. I, I think we're a little in the materialist woods myself for me as well. I, there's yeah. I like, I'm a big fan of science and scientific thinking, oh, but shit, me too. I feel like we're missing a shitload of something. So I had this conversation with a friend, Colin, who, who knows a lot more about science than I do. And, uh-huh. but he knows nothing about any of this stuff. Um, and he made it. So we were talking about dark matter and like kind of the current state of things. So like, well, you know, I find it weird, uh, not find it weird, but it's like, well, you know, quantum theory doesn't agree with, you know, like any kind of like macro physics where, you know, you can have spooky action distance. Essentially, yeah. the operations of very tiny things work differently than the operations of very large things. And he's like, yeah, that's, just, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and then we bring up dark matter, dark energy, how most of the universe is known. And like, yeah, I mean, I just I feel like it's one of those things where like the Greeks had that that model where you could like put all the like basically they had this model where you put all the plans together, turn it and you could track the motions of the stars. But it had Earth at the center and it was incredibly accurate. I'm like, I just think that's where we are right now in science, like oh, where yeah. I think we're going to like, you know, in 100 years from now, we're going to look back and, and go, wow, we had a really cool descriptive model, but it was very, very wrong. And he couldn't hear it. Like, well, just why wouldn't you not hear it? I mean, that's the trend. But it that's, happens that's every hundred years. We look back and we're like, oh, it, oh, oh, oh those guys th- were dumb. But I think it's the materialist side is that yeah. because there's nothing, there's nothing cutting the whiskey. Mm-hmm. That there's no like, there's nothing else there. So that's all. All your footing is in this instead of having any other kind of side thing. So there's no kind of there's no neuroplasticity, right? Because there's not there's nothing else aside. So the entirety is 
science brain is science brain. So there's no like there's no like there's no RAM. There's nowhere to kind of hold there's nowhere to hold side memory while other thoughts are happening. It's just nope, science, 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 science. And the same way with exact on the other side of the coin, it's oh, yeah. Christian, 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 like no idea, right, 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 well, right. Like it's let's just look this, at yeah. just like mystics, right? Like yeah. mysticism has the same sort of problem where it's like, oh no, 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 you know, you know, feelings and thoughts and the unconscious and like all this stuff that like they so I guess saying that I'm anti-materialist is I'm anti like hardcore materialist. Like, yeah, we don't know the whole picture yet. Science is incredible. I love science. You know, I, I studied physics in college. Uh, I'm super dismayed. You know, I had a conversation with a friend of mine the other day who is like, I, I, there are people on the internet. There are people on the internet who are so dumb. I've never noticed. I'm weird. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a friend, I had a conversation with a, with an internet friend of mine the other day who was like, we've never been to space. I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh God. Yeah. And he's like, watch this video. So I watched the video and the video is about how, how amazing CGI is now. So we can't trust any videos NASA gives us. Yeah. I'm like, <clears throat> I don't care about NASA's videos. I've worked with satellite data. I've literally worked with satellite data and I've only worked with like a tiny fraction of it. So you're saying that, they spend all their time faking satellite data, uh, and it works. The, the you have touched on, a, on on the theory in my soul. I so I was invited at one point to debate a flat earther, oh, no. and I declined because I read his his arguments. But every argument is well, they made it up. NASA invented it. Ugh. Blah blah. So I talked to one in real life at one point, oh. and I said, "Do you have your phone on you?" And he said, "Yeah." I'm like, "Do you have? Do you find out what the weather is?" So he brought the weather app, and thankfully he had his location data on. I'm like, that's satellite-based. And So it, you it, can't it, have a satellite yeah. on a flat Earth. There's no but, – but here's how you can. There's no gravity. Oh, my God, I Did know. Did you know that? Yeah, there's like no gravity. Yeah, there's if no, there's no gravity, then how does gravity work? I, oh, yeah. You know why? Because we're falling. That's what he told me. Uh, it's centrifugal force. It's what? It's it, – Yeah. <laughs> So we're oh no maybe no sorry maybe you didn't say so. I may I may be giving the wrong dumbass explanation. Oh you know there is a there is a dumbass explanation about uh, the reason that we feel like we have gravity is that the Earth is accelerating upwards. It's flat but it's no, accelerating. No that, that that's no wait. And I'm like how does that even work? That it was I think work. that was I forget he gave it was something that's why I said strip I forget what it was something so but it, yeah just George I'm like but you can't have it it's just one of those like do you understand like they have to have like they they have to account for like. For, for like the speed of light when you have gravity when you have satellites like i mean there's like gps drift has so much math that's oh, I would, oh yeah it's, it's just it's, it's stranglingly it's frustrating. people who yeah. it's people who have never looked at the technology they've never so i mean the thing is like not only can we see the results of the technology you can look behind the scenes of the technology and get the raw data yeah like if you want raw gps satellite data you can go get it no yeah. and the thought that there's what like computers or something out there that's faking all of that all the time well i mean it, 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 it doesn't make any sense there's there's, <laughs> there's there's eclipses there's every other celestial body that we can see is fucking round why would we be the oh so so the the uh the we've never been a space thing involved a whole bit about how the iss is fake oh yeah and i'm like oh, hold on i'm gonna sneeze again maybe not 
Well, I but, mean, I, I think the, I think the ISS is fake. That's true. <laughs> but you know, you can look at it. Yeah, I know. But you can like see it in a telescope. Yeah, you can see it with the naked eye sometimes. You like watch it. So, so it's, far. Yeah. it's still just fake. Yeah. It's, well, it, I mean, it's fake, it's fake. no, because uh, do you know that the moon is holographic? Do you know that theory? Well, I was thinking that maybe the ISS could be projected into our brains by government telepaths. Yeah. No, I'm not, I didn't make that up. The moon. There's a theory that the, the moon, moon is a hologram. Um, I. I didn't just make that up. That's a real theory. A guy named Crow Seven Seven Seven. He shows up in the higher side chat sometimes. Uh, oh believes boy. the holographic moon. What's the deal? What's how would there be a holographic moon? I got so furious, and and, and I hate when people say this to me when I try to tell them sciencey <laughs> stuff. When they go, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to read all that. I didn't listen to all of it because it just it it's something to do with there's a flicker because you can see the refresh rate on the moon. You can what? <laughs> yeah, you know, you can see a flicker <laughs> refresh rate or something. I, I'm very much giving the the. This might be slightly wrong, but it's something along the lines. He saw this kind of line crossing the moon, and it was, I think it was kind of the refresh rate. Like, well, a, duh, like that was the flat Earth. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, well, my, oh. my mistake. Oh, I was man. completely oh, wrong. Man. Okay, so there's not a holographic moon, but the Earth is flat. Yeah, it's, okay. uh, well, he actually believes in the flat Earth as well, that guy. Uh, wow. Yeah. I, it, this is, yeah, I, I want to burn things. It always just feels to me like that, that sort of stuff is, is people who just refuse to look at real data. No, but they want to look at all the other data, which is weird because they're they like wanna, they want to make data up. Yeah, because they're really good researchers into shit. It's yeah. weird because like they've done more research than me. It just they don't know where they should properly research. If it. they had done that much work, reading like an intro to calc textbook and an intro to physics te- yeah. textbook, well, the they prob- would be they would have they would have bachelors of science. Well, they don't, wouldn't believe it because it's all made up. That's the <sighs> that's the system. All right, wait. So we we're, were going long here. Oh yeah. Do we have okay. anything else on the on the Rosicrucians? Because I have I have another thing I want to ask you before we we kind of close out. Um, I don't have anything else on the Rosicrucians, but uh, you know, like I said, you know, I mean, this is I, I just basically put all this together today. So there's there is a lot more out there. There's a lot more about the people who were involved in the Rosicrucian stuff at the time. That's pretty fascinating. Uh, I would invite any of your listeners to tweet at me and at Arnamancy uh, with no silent E's, A-R-N-E-M-A-N-C-Y. Yes. All right. So here's the thing that I, I, this occurred to me. I forgot this. It's so talking to the friend that basically uh, you being a Freemason uh, mm-hmm. and you're hiding things. What what kind of Freemason are you? What's the, what your Scottish right? I am, well, I've been a Freemason for about 18 years, and I have been involved in the York Rite and the Scottish Rite. Okay, what's the other one? The Shriners? Okay, so there's Blue Lodge Freemasonry, which is the first three degrees. And then on top of that, you have the York Rite, which goes uh, through a number of different degrees, but usually like the highest degree is considered the Knights Templar. And then um, on the other side is the Scottish Rite, where the highest degree is like the 32nd, or there's a 33rd degree. Or is there like a European one? What am I thinking of? Oh, yeah, there are. There's a ton. I mean, no, but I mean, isn't is like... there like, no, I mean, okay, sorry. I mean, like, let's say one is Protestant and one is Catholic. Maybe oh. not that different, but I mean, I know Scottish Rite so, is one of the major, again, I'm very much talking about the conspiracy okay. way that people it gets, see. It gets confusing, right? So yeah. you have, um, so in the United States, you have, uh, the the main split between Freemasonry. So there there are there are lots of different branches of Freemasonry. Yeah. The main split in the United States is between what we call like mainstream Freemasonry and Prince Hall Freemasonry. And that's 
a leftover of our horribly racist past. Yeah, Prince Hall is like the African-American side, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, okay, but let's go to so Europe. So both, yeah. okay. In oh, sorry, Europe, I didn't mean to stop you. All right, so, so let's go to Europe. Thought. Sorry, sorry. Now, I'm not an expert on European yeah. Freemasonry, but I've read a lot about it. And in European Freemasonry, they tend the split tends to be between what they call conservative Freemasonry and liberal Freemasonry. And so conservative Freemasonry is sort of like the very old-fashioned kind that's like um, – in the north, it's very Christian, but in most of Europe, it's uh, it's still like religious, uh, like American Freemasonry, um, requires you to be a man, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then liberal Freemasonry is sort of like anything goes. Uh, we believe in freedom of conscience. Uh, you can be any gender. Um, and I believe that liberal Freemasonry in Europe is more likely to be involved in politics, but they but it's very small. It's a very small fraction. Now, is um, that Scottish Rite? No. Scottish Rite is French. So what's the European one called? Uh, there are a hundred of them. And they're all just least. loosely called. Yeah. Okay, so the reason so, I'm asking this is... it's Okay, so basically the reason okay, I'm asking... Okay, give, give, give me some specifics about what you're asking No, no, about. that's I, the problem is... Dial I, it in. I can't because what's... Okay, here's... Let me describe to you what the conspiracy world thinks okay. of Freemasons. Growing up, I read about Freemasonry. I heard that there's essentially two kinds. And I know there's more than that. There's okay. subdivisions under that. But the two main kinds are basically Scottish Rite and the other one that I can't think of his name of. Scottish York, Rite. York Rite. York Rite. Okay. Scottish Rite goes to 33, the or one goes to 33, the other goes to some lower number. Yeah. These are the two major things of America. And then there's the subdivisions and the blah, uh -huh. blah, blah. But we don't care about that because this is the conspiratorial thinking again. Europe has their own deal. Uh, America schismed off in the great experiment, the New Atlantis, by okay. by the by the by the Freemasons. Okay. Okay. So you are, according to this horseshit way of thinking, you are a. Now the problem is they get along. Essentially, the way conspiracy theorists, I think, kind of play it uh -huh. is that you can only be either a, or a, 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 a Scottish or a York. Okay. That you can't that they're that between they shall not mix. That there's no that these are two. Uh, antithetical groups. Oh yeah, that's total bullshit. You know, that's, that's I, th I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that that's like the way they say it, but that's kind of the way it's presented a lot. All right, so okay. in in questioning at the bar, uh, talking to friend of mine, and what friend is very guy I know at the bar that listened to the show. Okay, is there a possibility that the other groups of Freemasons could be more in charge of shit than your part of Freemasonry? Because yeah, I know this is dumb, but like, 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 you know how you're not in charge of nothing and like, you're like as high as you can get without being some old dude getting that like obligatory last little bit. Uh huh. Is there a way that like one of the other lodges, a guy in your position could be like, I don't know, uh, running pizza gate. Dude, there are something like 6 million Freemasons in the yeah, world, I know. right? I, like I get uh, how dumb this is. That is... <laughs> Possible, uh, yeah, of course. I mean, we know that, for instance, uh, Propaganda Dua, which is a, uh, which is probably like the one of the best Masonic conspiracies that's been uncovered. Um, they were an Italian lodge of Freemasons that got like kicked out by the Grand Lodge of Italy, and ended up being like filled with like corrupt bankers and shit. But I mean, Freemasonry is a form, right? It's, it's a lodge. It's yeah. a. So yeah, I, I mean, Masons don't all know each other. We don't all have the same. We don't even all have the same. We definitely do not have all the same ritual. Uh, I don't want to like really freak out your conspiracy theory listeners. <laughs> no, I just kind of every going with it. single state in the United States <laughs> has different ritual 
for the three degrees in the Blue Lodge. Um, the Scottish Rite ritual is continually being rewritten, so there's different ritual going on in the southern jurisdiction and the northern jurisdiction of the Scottish Rite. The York Rite, every state has different rituals and sometimes different numbers of degrees. So there's a ton of different shit going on all the time. Freemasons definitely don't know each other. If you go into like your average lodge in a small town, you'll find probably that like 80% of the Masons there have gone to the same lodge their entire life, never even like gone out of town. They only know Masons in their own state. Like it's it's it, it it's ordinary people in fraternal orders. Yeah. So this is another instance of like people not knowing their goddamn history. Go read about how fraternal orders used to work read about how secret societies in america have operated yeah but dude what you realize that like 80 years ago something like 40 percent of americans were part of a friggin secret society it was just how life worked george washington had a masonic apron on and he swore himself in on a masonic bible hell yeah he did proved you wrong you guys run the country yeah well we had a lot of Freemasons <laughs> back then, but you know what? A lot no, of ordinary people were yeah, also I, Freemasons. I've, Everybody I've, was. A I tried. I've tried to explain the math here. <laughs> it, it, to use your term before, there was no fucking internet. Of course, you were Freemason. There was nothing to do. Yeah. You, get, yeah. you got bored. You're like, you know what? I think I'm going to go hang out with the buddies down at the tavern and do weird ass secret rituals. Yeah. But the uh, <laughs> I, I know the, people at home. You're listening. If you're like one of those advanced scholar conspiracy guys. I assure you, dummies, that's what they think. If you think you know better than me, I'm not talking about you. Because there actually are more advanced uh, 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 Freemason theories. I never cared. Are there? I would love to hear some of them because... Oh, it's it's so I dumb. Have... It's the same thing as believing the Jews for stuff. It's just it just people just pick some shit out of a hat. Maybe like 300 years ago, there was like four of them that did something. And now it's just, we can't get I mean, the thing it. is like, you know, I... Um, I've been, so like I said, I've been a Freemason for about 18 years. Uh, unlike... Unlike 99% of Freemasons, I have been around the country. I've met lots of, uh, you know, high-ranking... Can you see finger quotes on the internet? I'm putting finger quotes around high-ranking Freemasons. Um, I've talked to high-ranking Freemasons. I've worked with some of them on projects. I've... I mean... So, I would love to hear more sophisticated conspiracy theories about Freemasons. Because if you've got a conspiracy theory about Freemasons... It probably involves people that I have met and spoken to. So yeah, see, again, unfortunately, I don't know the modern me. ones. Oh, please, yes, get. I would get love out, to yeah. hear them. I I know that you won't believe anything I do to debunk <laughs> them, but I personally would still love to hear what you guys think is going on. Yeah, see, I know all the old ones. Like, uh, like, do, do you know that you guys designed DC as part of a giant energy grid to perform pe- uh, pagan and sacrifices? Oh no, under... that one's true. That was uh, totally yeah. true. Oh, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, actually, that one wouldn't mind being true because I mean, we we laid the cornerstone for the White House. Yeah. Well, DC has been, you know, that whole, there's a, there's the Moloch uh, that's hidden in the streets of DC because you guys worship Moloch, the ancient, do you know that, not know that? Wait, Moloch, the, Moloch, the treasure owl? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh, totally. Yeah, Moloch, the treasure owl. No, there's He's... a, tre- there's, there's <laughs> Moloch, no, no, the, Moloch, the, the, the ancient Hebraic demon god is hidden in the streets of DC. You can see it. Oh, right next you're to... talking about, um, yeah, I, I, isn't Moloch the name of the owl that the, uh. Yeah, Bohemian Grove. It's an ancient. It's an ancient uh, Semitic. I thought thing. that yeah. the ancient. I thought that was a different guy. No, it's Moloch. It's a, it's okay. an old owl dude. Um, I'll type it in right now. Uh, Moloch. He's a, he's a good guy. Uh, I think I, I good I, guy, I, better owl. I think. I mean, I think it's uh, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, Canaanite god, but uh, uh. it's uh, all the all the Semite uh, area over there. Like back in the day, got it. But um, 
uh, he's also like they call the the owl at uh, Bohemian Grove Moloch, and there's okay. a there's an owl hidden as well as a pentagram in DC, uh. and that proves that um, that that Freemasons are are, are devil people. Like, well, I mean, honestly, exposés of Masonic ritual have been being published since well before Freemasonry became public. Yeah. So. I would love to see some mentions of Moloch in our ritual. I've never come across them. We yeah, don't. We don't like really a... go after like particular gods. We like to be really inclusive. Yeah, that. I mean, I got to tell you, a lot of a lot of the the theories around you guys, mm-hmm. they don't really kind of like carry a lot of like logical <laughs> linear weight. But I, the the reason I bring it up is I wanted to kind of clear up the. So you're sure that there's not a like a seeker group of Masons that are running the country right now? You know what? What I am sure of. All right. So, you know, we mentioned Robert Anton Wilson a number yeah. of times. I feel like anybody who starts to, you know, when you start to get all spun up in your conspiracy theories, just go back and read Illuminatus Trilogy. <laughs> uh, he's got a great explanation of why conspiracies could succeed or fail in that book. Uh, it's very plainly written. It's, you know, right at the end when they're having the whole, like, shootout with the yellow submarine and the underground lake and the you know rock concert in bavaria and all that kind of stuff um there are probably secret groups of people running stuff all over the place and yes i'm sure some of them are freemasons um oh you hear it at first people eric 32nd degree mason and the masons run the country and ran pizzagate way to go i'm i'm bringing the cops um but uh but i would suspect that mostly what what ties together the uh, people who are kind of like running stuff behind the scenes is money more than fraternal orders. Yeah. I, I think suspect is a light word there. Yeah. It's I, I, I'd go as far as say I guarantee that's the truth. And given, yeah. and given how, given how um, atheism is on the rise, I would suspect that that means that most of them are probably not Freemasons anymore. Yeah. But Freemasons are just like ordinary people. There are good guy Freemasons, and there are Freemasons who are kind of shitheads. Um, and so, yeah, of course it's going to happen. Okay, and final question. Okay. Can I see you change into a lizard, please? Um, I I didn't bring my um, my magic lizard stick, so uh, maybe next time. Because, I mean, I, I from what I understand is that you're from the Draconis system, and you're seven-foot-tall lizards, and you run the country— I would like to see you shapeshift. Don't you've, dodge the question. You've seen me stand up. Yes. Do you feel like if I was a seven foot tall lizard, I'd be able to fit in your basement? It'd be it'd be hunchy. Well, I mean, you can hunch over. Lizards generally have like a hunched over. You know, you could be like a velociraptor. No, style. Are no, lizards are not dinosaurs. Well, dinosaurs were lizards. No, I no, know, no, no. Not Dinos- dinosaurs are dinosaurs became birds. They became birds. Yes. But- I'm saying that when the sauropods <laughs> split off. Like the, uh, the, the, slur- I'm trying, this whole thing is, I was trying to remember the name of the dinosaur people from Doctor Who. Saying the, the Slytherians. Slytherians. Sl- yeah, yeah, that's, I, that, that entire speech was me trying to remember the name of the fucking dinosaur people. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a podcast. All right. So All right. you can find, you can find, uh, Eric on the internet at Arnamancy. You can find his, po- his podcast is, uh, My Chemical Bromance. My Alchemical Bromance. Alchemical Bromance. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. And, uh, you can find that on, uh. The, the new Google podcast app that has been released. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. Can we find it on the new Google Podcast? Yeah, I, I think I think pretty much everything's got Mine's on there, and I didn't add it. All right, cool. Um, yeah, and then you can find me on uh, John and Alex Hate Stuff, because that's that's the good show. So if you what's like... Your, what's your Twitter handle? People might want to tweet you questions. Oh, I'm still at the Alex Cast with, uh, with two X's. Um, 
Twitter is dead, so feel free to try to resurrect it. That would be good. I feel like Twitter is great. I've got like 2,200 followers now. Well, I have a lot of followers, but no one interacts because if you hit like now, it shows up on everybody else's timeline, and I think people are, are afraid to do that. Oh. Yeah, this is a recent change about a year ago. My my uh, my interaction went to the shitter about a day after this went into effect because if you hit like, it says, Alex liked this thing. And I think everybody's afraid to like stuff, especially the shit that I post. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I still use Twitter a lot, uh, mostly as a robot, like, you know, as Freemasons. Oh, like from that cave. Yeah. 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 From the. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a lot of fun. Yes. I'm looking forward to having you on my alchemical bromance. Well, thank you. Um, I can cut that because I, I just I thought I like be, I like kind of forcing people in uncomfortable situations. No, I, no we talked about it before. Yeah. We totally talked about well, it. Well, I mean, you also lied about not running the country. So uh, you, sir, are a seven-foot-tall reptilian liar. Well, all I know is that being a seven-foot-tall reptile made it way easier to be build King Solomon's Temple. That's true. Well, on that note, everybody go, I don't know, worship Moloch. Bye. <laughs>